boys and girls all over the world tune that dial in to the show where the host put what they hate most on a wheel and give a spin cause it's movie night and the time is right to kick back and let go if you're in the mix and you like good flicks then you came to the wrong show it's the weekly watch wheel it's the weekly watch wheel with matt jimmy and shamley what it do do man what up well you can't say peace at the beginning we end with peace ah i like peace in the beginning Hmm. welcome to the weekly watch wheel where we'll watch a movie what hey, was that your phone? No, it was... Matt's phone. Matt's phone. It was Matt's my computer phone. from Shanley updating the list. Mm, and it's a notification, <laughs> like a text message notification that you received? Uh, I didn't receive it on my phone at all, Yeah, actually. but it was your oh, text Oh, I did messages. receive it on my phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, my name is Matt. Matt. And I'm here with Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy. Jim, Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. My dad always said Jimmy, Jimmy, Cocoa Pop. I don't know what that means. I think it's a play on shimmy, shimmy, cocoa up, shimmy, shimmy, rah. Okay. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing fine. Yeah? Care to elaborate in any way, shape, or form? Nah. Yeah, good. It's hot. It is hot in here. It is hot in here. Hot in. So hot. So hot in her. her. Good gracious. Matt is bodacious. Huh. It's not just you and me, Jimmy. We're here with Shanley. Shanley, how the heck are you, damn it? I am super uncomfortable. Um, it is ridiculously hot in the apartment, and my tummy's feeling a little off today, and mm. I cannot handle this. Off yeah. tummy. Yeah. Yeah, welcome to the shortest episode of the <laughs> Weekly Watch Wheel. And we got Powering little, through. Little dink in the building. Dink, how are you? Fascinating. I think he's like meek. Oh yeah, thanks for asking. He's, um, I'm actually dead. feeling sort of under the weather too. Uh, I think Shanley, I may have gotten you sick, and I apologize. I'll find a way to forgive you. Stop getting my wife sick. I think I know how I may have gotten you sick. Gross. We should, we need to talk about this off the air. <laughs> I think. I shouldn't have made nachos for everyone last <laughs> I night. I had nachos. I'm fine. Oh, then maybe that's not why. I don't think you had nearly as much as I did or Matt did. Well, Matt felt bad yesterday. Oh, yeah. that's true. You yeah. felt bad prior to nachos. Yes. I know that. I don't think the nachos made me sick. I think me making nachos made you sick. No. That no. can't be it. I don't know. Nachos I need wouldn't someone, do I that. need somebody to absolve me of my guilt. Nachos wouldn't do that. How I'm, would being the one who made the nachos that made Shanley sick absolve you of guilt? That would prove no, your guilt. No, I, I need the opposite. I need you to say, Matt, that's not what did it. If anything, Dink got us all sick. Oh, no. You probably got her sick, but it was probably just because of your disgusting germs. Okay. I'll leave. I uh, don't think you got me sick. I don't know why I'm sick, but... I wonder if it's like when women live together, their cycles link up. Maybe when, when Filipinos, Filipinos live together, <laughs> like you guys are like dragon heart or whatever. Oh, uh, like, like one of you is tired, the other is tired. One of you sick, the other is sick. Huh. Okay. Nice. 
Welcome to Sick Talk with the Weekly Watch Wheel crew. Mm. Nope. I, my mistake. We are not Sick Talk today. We are the Weekly Watch Wheel. And last night, Jimmy, you took us on a ride, didn't you? The what did you spin? What did you choose? Uh, well, everyone knows because they all listen, but I spoon. Spooned. I spooned um, things with a skull in it. Yeah. Presented <laughs> things a lot with of the options. skull in it. <laughs> That's my cockney. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, you get it? Yeah, like in it? <laughs> yeah. Things with a skull in it. <laughs> Shandy liked it. People love to drive 90s hatchbacks really loudly down our street. It's super inconsiderate. Do they know we're podcasting at all? Sorry, Ian. I know you're enduring a lot of this background noise, and we appreciate it. Okay, so you got things with a skull in it, and what did you choose? Yeah, I chose maybe wrong, maybe poorly, but uh, I chose... A film I loved as a child, 1996's The Phantom, starring Billy Zane, young William Zane, and nice. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Douglas. Not in 1996. Oh. How was it, Jim? Did you enjoy it? I did not. I did not like it. Really? Um, I took a lot of notes, and I regret that. I think I need to not do that, because I kept not watching the movie, because yeah. I was writing about the movie. And it was an hour 40, I think, or an hour 50, yeah. something like that. And an hour 40. it felt a lot faster because sure I did, wasn't yeah. watching it. Not yeah. because it was good or entertaining or anything. Really? Yeah, I, I, I didn't care for it. So is this, should I summarize? E- yeah, well, yeah, let, let's start with that. Go ahead. Shoot us the summary. All right, so uh, there's pirates on a boat. In a place that I think they mentioned is Africa, it is supposed to be an island off the coast of Africa called Bengala, but I don't know if they say that. Okay. And there's pirates, and they have like a web logo. A Wendigo. A web logo. logo. <laughs> um, and they're bad pirates, and they're Asian. Those are not related. Two true facts, unrelated. Not all Asians are pirates. Not all pirates are Asians. None, of, neither of both. Neither of them is as bad. It's good pirates and good Asians. I feel the lady doth protest too much. I know. I think all Asians are bad pirates. (laughs) It's a thing that I've been working through, but I still feel it. It's in me. I've got my hand raised. Me? Matt, Matt, you you in the back. This is is sort of more of a comment. Mm -hmm. Um, There are bad Asian pirates in Jumping Ship, which is Horse Sense Part 2, starring Joey and Andy Lawrence. And I think Matthew Lawrence is also in that one, but he's not related to them in it. Do you remember their bad Asian? They, yeah, they just said, oh, "Hey, not our brother." Yeah, who are you? So Joey Lawrence and Andy Lawrence are not brothers in it. I think they're cousins. Yeah, and Matthew Lawrence isn't in the first one, but he is in the second one as a boat captain, <laughs> not yep. related to them. I think that's right. Wow. But the uh, villains in the movie are bad Asian pirates. Okay. Is does that are mean they, are they the bad Phantom at verse? being pirates or are they? Oh, all across the board, because. Evil, especially bad pirates. Like, especially naughty pirates. <laughs> well, I, I don't Google naughty pirates. <laughs> um, they are bad because they are uh, 
committing piracy, and they're also poor at being pirates because they are beaten by um, a couple of people who work on a ranch. They're bested? They done got bested by two ranchers mm-hmm. and a Matthew Lawrence. Were they cool ranch? Oh, dude, those, that sounds like, like dope bar lingo. I'll uh, get uh, two ranchers and a Matthew Lawrence on the rocks. Thanks. Open up a tab for me. I don't think it does. I've never been to a bar. (laughs) Yeah, your lack of going to bars is really showing right now. Oh, really? Excuse me. Yeah, just don't do it again. Okay, summarize. Bad Asian pirates and go. So, um, they're there. They're there. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then, like, I guess a little boy was on the boat or something that the pirates were attacking. little white boy washes up on the shores of this African island inhabited by... People who kind of look Asian and yeah. kind of are doing a like bad Caribbean like, voodoo thing. It's 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 somewhere between that and like Native American stereotypes. Like okay, yeah. But like it's it's whatever it is. It does not feel African. And they're dancing around. There's skulls all over the place. So I was immediately. This is where we lost count. So we we, all together, we saw one skull on the headdress. Yes. And we said one. Uh And then there were two headdresses on the screen. Yep. That had skulls. And then someone had like a skull belt. So we were counting. And then all of a sudden they showed a massive pile of skulls. Yeah, a gigantic pile of skulls. And then a second layer of it. There was like (laughs) a pile of skulls with fire around it. And then, like, another shelf up with skulls on it. We yeah. Like, like, okay, yeah, well, we can't and, do this. This is impossible now. And then the next scene, they show, like, a bookshelf just, yeah. you know, lined up with skulls. So yeah. we'll get to skulls. But thank you for <laughs> contributing that. Um, so I'm this sorry, whole thank scene. Thank you for whating that? Contributing that. <laughs> okay. Is there a contribution? You never learned that word. You just <laughs> muddled your way through that yeah, word all the figure your it life. out when you get to Bushin. <laughs> So, little boy is sitting there watching all these people, tribal people, dance around with skulls. And then one of them jumps in front of him and shines a ring at him that's like a metal ring with a skull on it with, like, glowing eyes. Yeah. And then the screen says, the phantom. And Beautiful. So, I know that took a while, but that happened. Then we cut to that typical, like, jungle adventure kind of, like... Indiana Jonesy feeling, yeah, like dudes trying to get skulls. They work for a bad guy in New York who's like connected to the mob, but he's also just a businessman. Kind of feels like a bad car salesman, and and his name is Drax. I think they yeah, say it in the his scene. His name is Xander Drax. Yeah, and he's working with these different groups to try to collect these three skulls that are somehow connected to Bengala and will give him power. The skulls of Tuganda? Yeah. Yes. It's Uganda, the sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) So he's collecting the three skulls of Tuganda. Too fast Tuganda. (laughs) Um, And he is... In competition with Billy Zane, the Phantom, also known as Kit Walker. Kit Walker. Who is part of a lineage of men who wear the mantle of the Phantom, a jungle-protecting white superhero that I don't think anyone asked them to do this, and it didn't exist before the first boy washed up. But now what their family legacy is, is they just live on this island 
And it doesn't really make it clear if they're there to protect the island or the people or the skulls or none of that. But they go back to uh, probably England previously and then America to be educated and to, like, you know, whatever. And then they come and take over for their father when he dies to become the next phantom. Yeah. And so we watch him do that and defeat the guys. Yep. Get the skulls. That's it. Yep. That's the movie. That's the movie. Wow, that that was really concise. You did a great job. I don't think I did, but, you know. Hey, hey. Whatever. You did fine. I'm terrible. No, hey. There, there. Shanley, what did you think of this movie? It, I mean, I, Jimmy, I think you did a good job of explaining some of the nonsensical parts. Like the whole intro scene where it's just like, wait, what mm-hmm. was that? Um I think it was somewhat fun to watch. Yeah. But it was definitely not good. And I don't know how I feel about watching it again. Gotcha. Can I try to summarize this movie way faster? Sure. Okay. So this is a film about a white male lineage that protects an island off the coast of Africa. That's populated by Asians. That's unnecessary detail. Um, and he's protecting it from from bad people. That's the whole point of it. Gotcha. It was faster, right? We can cut out the first one. Just do that. No, I like the first one. We'll keep Damn them both. It. Okay, we'll cut out the second one. Uh, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's jump right in. Uh, Shanley, you said... It wasn't good. You don't want to watch it again. Um, what are were some highlights we want to bring out? I don't know. I feel like it was cheesy. Like it was it had like really corny choreography, like really bad. But I feel like in a way, when you watch movies like this, you're kind of like hoping for some of that cheesiness. So like, I I don't know how to describe that. Like it's like a blocked punch, punch. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Love that. And yeah. just like. Uh, backwards grab the guy that's behind you and flip him over and like yeah. bl- like grabbing blind and yeah like it wasn't this I don't think specifically but it's the kind of movie where like a guy like puts himself like low to the ground and then does like a sweep kick and the person just like watches them and then jumps over it and yeah. like then they stand up and continue fighting like yeah. it's very clearly like this isn't how any human beings have ever fought ever like this is nonsense kind of thing i agree but i loved it i i really enjoyed this movie a whole lot i thought it was a lot of fun it's it's very pulpy campy but i think i was just like on board for that from the beginning i mean get down to brass tacks this is an indiana jones knockoff is what it is you it's even... like a terrible indiana jones knockoff sure yeah. sure it's but like a it crossover is. between uh indiana jones and batman but yeah. like not doing either one well. Yeah. You, you even have uh, a short round kind of character with uh, Zach, the little boy. At the beginning of the movie, they have the little boy, Zach. He's, I guess, their like jungle guide. And they have him drive a massive Humvee over a rope bridge. At that point of the movie, or even before that, when Zach calls, what's his name? Uh, Raiden number two. Quill. Well, yeah, his name is Quill in the movie. What's the actor's name? Uh, James Remar. Remar. 
Yeah, right. When he when Zach calls him big moron, I from there I was like, okay, I know what this is. It's this stereotypical walking through the jungle. You come upon a treacherous rope bridge. Driving through the jungle. Yeah. Uh, so my first thing with that was they're driving through the jungle and they're arguing about which way to go. They had the map upside down. Right. And um, the boy kept saying that they were going the wrong way or that it was the wrong way. James Remar, Reamer, who's apparently spent hella time here, didn't speak the language, so he couldn't understand the kid. So it's like, why are you driving if you can't even understand the kid who's giving you directions and speaks mm-hmm. the local language? But the guy next to the kid translates and says, oh, he says the map's the wrong way. And so they, like, flip the map upside down. And he's like, oh, like, you know, there's there's nothing in here but jungle. And then he goes, oh, shit. And then slams on the brakes as they're right about to go onto the a, like, rickety rope bridge with a English sign that says, <laughs> like, danger, do not cross or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, why... Is the sign in English? Like, the kid's a local. He doesn't speak English. He's probably the best suited person yeah. to help them because they chose him. And that was already, I was like, dude, this movie sucks. Right off the bat. Yeah. Um, also, when they were driving up, one of the things that he said was the kid didn't want to keep going. He was, like, telling them they should stop. And James Reamer says, this little quitter needs to learn a lesson in positive thinking. And then tries to throw an elbow at the kid's forehead like hard and the kid ducks under it and then they change the subject and i was like dude really starting off with like yeah trying to just bash this kid's head in (laughs) all of this it's it's like a like a swashbuckler movie i mean there's pirates and it's like an old pirate movie did you get the sense when you were watching this movie that that's what they were trying to do like is it intentionally cheesy because that's that's what i felt like like this movie knows what it is People. I kind of think so. I, I I think especially looking at um, the Phantom's costume. Yeah. I, I think they were going for kind of cheesy. Like, I don't think anyone saw that and like, was thinking, like, we're going for really cool. We're doing a great retelling. I have retelling. to tell you, I was six years old when this movie came out, going on seven. And I loved this movie. Right. And thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like, I thought... That the Phantom was super cool. Purple has always been in like neck and neck for my favorite color. It was purple and red for a little while. Then it became purple and green. But purple's always been right up there. And I was like, this guy's so cool. You had a purple gang when we were in high school. Uh, let's not get into that. It wasn't really a gang, but it was the purple <laughs> banditos. Um, Dude, the marks were purple. Yeah, we were affiliated. Marks, baby, Marks. Purple power. Show slats the money. <laughs> so, but I thought it was very cool at the time. Looking back now, it's definitely not. But I think that the issue is they couldn't decide in production what they were going for here. Because we have a pirate adventure. Yeah. We have a Tim Burton Batman style movie. Very much so, yeah. We also have... An Indiana Jones like ripoff. Yeah. And so I think like they couldn't like those are all three very different things where Tim Burton was appealing to children with Batman, uh-huh. but it was done in a kind of dark and like serious way, you know? Yeah. And then they're also trying to have these like 
kind of like adventure, like thrilling, like comedy moments thrown in that are just too far in the other direction. And really? so I feel like they, I think they kind of failed at doing any of them because they couldn't narrow it down. Well, uh, the, so the Phantom was a serial comic strip. Yeah, and so since it, like the 20s or something, right? Yeah, so this this movie, it feels like it's a throwback to that. And, and I agree, there's a lot of different components. You, you also didn't mention there's a brief fish-out-of-water sort of storyline when, when Kit goes to New York and he's a little out of place and he doesn't have the money. Uh, he doesn't have American money. It, briefly, it goes into sort of this man who was raised in the jungle doesn't know what life is like in modern New York, which doesn't make sense because he went to college in yeah, New York he just <laughs> that he, he's, a few years before. Not only did he, he said he was educated there, so he might have lived there his whole life. Like he might have basically sure. gone to like boarding school, been raised there, knowing like, okay, someday, like um, kind of like uh, he was going to change his stars. Knight's mm. uh, Tale, y'all. Did he find his way home? Um, so I think it was kind of like that vibe. Um, but yeah, it was hella dumb that it's like, dude, you have no accent of any kind. (laughs) You definitely, and you're not like an older guy. So how could you possibly like not know that a cab driver in New York expects cash in American money? Yeah. And also about those jewels. So, I mean, I think we're doing kind of a jump all over the place episode right now. Yeah. Which I guess is fine. It's better than our steel episode. That was a frame by frame <laughs> retelling. <laughs> well, I had a couple things about the jewels. Number one, I didn't like that he reached into his pocket to pay this cab driver who was dropping him off at. Was that at the museum or was that at the newspaper office? The newspaper, the newspaper office. office. So he goes to the newspaper office where the girl that the Phantom rescued and found out that he needed to go to New York. Diana. Yeah, he finds out about that. He goes to meet up with her and to, like, track down whatever's going on. I don't know. But he pays with jewels. And I'm like, dude, there's a lot of problematic stuff going on with white people taking jewels out of Africa (laughs) and just being kind of cavalier with them. Yeah. I don't know. It feels kind of blood diamondy. And I'm just like, dude, like, you just come out of here just, like, throwing around these valuable gems like you don't care. But it's like, you definitely doesn't seem like there was any point in this guy, Kit Walker, who had the money to go live in New York alone and be educated and then go live his life in the jungle. I don't think there's any part where he was in there digging holes and trying to gather these stones himself, right? Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Shailene, what, what I thought was interesting is obviously this character, he went to college in, I think New York in yeah. America. So he knows like the value of money. Right. How much could this ca- cab ride possibly have been that he just reaches in, gets a handful of these like priceless gems and is like, oh, this should cover it. Like what? Wow. You, we all it, have. Okay. It could have, he could have just grabbed one. Like, Hey, here's one gem that should cover it. That's we're trying to show how yeah. valuable they are. Right. Like, I have all these gems here. You have one. He gives them an opal and a star sapphire. and He gives them a whole bunch. And they... Do you guys remember going somewhere and, like, I feel like museums had gifts Damn gift it. Shops? Damn you. Damn it. No. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Matt, what? conclude your interpretation of this. Because okay, I have something pick. I want to get to with that. 
She brought it up. Fine, go. No. We'll, we'll come back to it. Because I said I had two things, but I wanted to go over our things about, like, about the how jewel. we interpreted the okay. jewel situation okay. first. Well, yeah, let me, let me second one was my personal relationship to it, okay. which is what you were getting at now. Okay. I'll get there. I'm fine with it. I just want our podcast to flow more, what, like, better. <laughs> more better. Okay. We bring in our experiences to the movies we watch, right? I mean, you, Jimmy, you uh, you brought this sort of the social commentary about colonizers taking precious jewels from native people and then using them for their own riches. Shanley, you brought in how ridiculous he was that he didn't know how to pay things correctly. For me, what really stuck with me is the cabbie owl still kept the Bengala bills. Did you notice that? Mangala got oh, because he handed y'all. him those, and he was like, oh. "These aren't real money." And then he took them back, and then wait and, a minute. And then the kit gives him the jewels. He pockets the bills. That's and, sneaky bastard. And, and in my mind, I'm like, "Dude, come on, Phantom! Don't like okay, you're gonna give him different money. Get your other money back." Because me as a cheapskate, that's that's what I bring into it. That's what I bring into it. I think movie. you and Shanley kind of both bring that. <laughs> Yeah, just throwing money all willy-nilly. Like, yeah, what's um, wrong with you? You both have the same issue with him not being responsible with his finances. It's because we're Filipino. Well, it's not about the responsibleness, is it? It's about being cheap <laughs> successfully. Um, so I I agree with you both. Thank you. But What we brought up is probably not as important as what you said. Yeah, I, I, I would argue that that might be the case. A lot of my friends when I was growing up, um, worked for yellow cab. There were a lot of your friends growing up. A were- lot of, so my entire group of friends, when we were all like doing and selling drugs for a little bit, okay. Uh, in our teenage years, like at least five, maybe six of my friends worked for yellow cab as dispatchers. And it would be like one or two people per shift, but they would work there illegally because you're not supposed to be able to work when you're a minor like at two in the morning. Okay. But they would go there and there was a lot of shady stuff that went on with these cab drivers and in the cab company in general. And that makes me feel like, and my experience personally with being in cabs, I don't know many cab drivers who would be like, yeah, I'll take that jewel. Even if it is maybe real, they'll still be like, dude, I don't care. Get cash or I'm calling the cops. I feel like they're very ornery people. They aren't that persuaded you know, you, and, and I think they're suspicious a lot. I think that they'd okay. be like, I'm not, I, I don't trust you. People are probably trying to take advantage of him frequently. Well, let's, let's talk about that character a little bit then. He's played by the household name, Detective Iguano from, yep. <laughs> from Ace Ventura, Ventura Peck Detective. Detective. Uh, when Kit goes into the newspaper building and comes back out he says that he's already gotten them appraised <laughs> and he knows that they're real did you catch that yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yep he was quick he was yeah there there was uh, a rare jewel a rare stones appraiser right next door to the the n- newspaper building or something yeah that was able to just instantly check all that for him <laughs> and um, he he play he plays a tiny role in the movie but he's kind of fun he's he, I, he's he's not exactly the cab driver from Highlander 2, but he's got a similar role where he's just 
driving around a, a main character and then flipping out at the excitement of seeing the story play out in front uh, of him. But he also rescues the Phantom. Does he? From the zoo. Later on when Drax and his goons have apprehended Diana and uh, Kit Walker, which is the Phantom's real name. Um, I know. I'm sorry. But I'm putting it out there. Allegedly. You think. When, yeah, sure. When that happens, they're taking the Phantom up to the roof to throw him off. Catherine Zeta-Jones says she wants to make love to his dead body afterwards. And on the way up, he fights back and then changes into his Phantom costume, which he had with him. So not only did he okay, let's put be on fair. this outfit. It's a super thin spandex. Yeah. He could wear it under any outfit. But he had the mask and the eye makeup with him. And he was strapped with double guns on his legs and his belt underneath his suit and whatever. So... This guy's supposed to be like a tactical strategist. He's like, you know, doing stuff efficiently. And he's still just walking around. Oh, whoops, I didn't think I would need this, but I happen to have a pocket full of jewels just in case. None of it really makes sense. It seems like a ridiculous, like, go-go gadget situation that he's got going on there. But when the Phantom is fighting them all off, he is like, then jumps into the cab to go chase down the bad guys. And he's like, oh, Kit told me, uh, I'm, I'm friends with Kit. And this guy was like, seen this guy three times that day. Yeah. Couldn't put together like, hey, you have a similar face and the exact same voice and similar body type. And like this guy doesn't even have any American money. So why would he have a friend dressed like you who would jump in the car? Like can't piece any of that together. Hon- but- honestly, if you work as a cab driver in New York, you probably have people who leave your cab, then come back in a crazy costume and say, I'm friends with the guy who was here before. <laughs> you know what? I think he probably, yeah, he's probably like, okay, this is starting to make sense now. Yeah. Um, but so then the, the cops jump in, punch him in the face. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he is like running away from the cops. And so the cab driver circles around, drives through the zoo where the phantom jumped over the fence and pulls up right in front of him and the phantom's like oh no i'm caught and then the cab driver pops out and he's like get in and he escapes with that ah deus ex taxi ma yep sure call ma um <laughs> but shanley you wanted to talk about if any of us remembered gift shop jewels yes and i have to tell you something that many women probably could overlook, but I don't know about you. Oh, but no. Are you about let's to Let's do this on recording. When this. I was a young man, before I knew you, there was a girl. Oh, man. Named Caitlin T- <laughs> You both know first her. and last name. She I, went to Aragon. Yeah, I do. Um, and I, probably shortly after seeing this movie... Was at a place that sold bags of jewels like that. And I bought or stole them. I don't know, because it was when I first discovered stealing. It's about that age. Um, Way easier than buying things. Way easier, yeah. (laughs) But uh, I had this bag of jewels that I was fascinated with. It looked almost exactly like the ones that the Phantom has. Yeah, they didn't work really hard picking brilliant, real-looking jewels. Oh, I thought that the gift shop did an amazing job recreating genuine <laughs> jewels but um in an in a method of professing my love i gave them to caitlin to on the playground at lunch and then before she had the opportunity to reject me my friends and i ran away 
and in the midst of our running away, I did a handspring and then continued running because I thought that would like put a stamp on it, like uh, leaving with style. Like you know, Jimmy, I'm, don't say anything, and then just ran, did a cool acrobatic flip. As uh, the the one who officiated out. your guys's wedding, which factually I am, um, I did not know that that happened. And that nullifies yeah. the ceremony. And look, and I know that it's a problem that that even happened, but I think it's almost as much of a problem that I haven't done it for my wife. And that is something that I realize I need to work on. Yeah. Where's my back handspring? Huh? Not your bag of jewels. It was a handspring, not a back handspring. Yeah. But that, that was just some girl. This is your wife. Yeah. Learn the back handspring. And Shanley, this is why we're going to a museum. <laughs> okay, okay. Give you a chance to redeem yourself. Yep. I'm gonna, you know, it, I'll st- I'm not even going to just get you jewels. I'm going to get you a replica skull of Tuganda. Wow. And he's going to get me one of those uh, things that's got like a trigger at the bottom and it's a stick and it's got a dinosaur head on the top. Oh, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then like, you know, the mouth goes... Yeah, I I definitely had a dinosaur. I might have had a shark. Yeah, I never liked the lion ones. I feel like those are lame. Yeah, and then I, I feel like I've even I've seen, seen a lion. I feel like I've even seen like frogs. Yeah, like what kind of loser gets the frog? Those are for kids whose parents don't want them to play with violent things. Yeah, like it'll give them nightmares. It's better to just get. And then frog. Jimmy's also gonna get me one of those like jelly roll things. Oh, that's... the jerk off tubes. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy's going to get me one of those. And he's also going to get me one of those long wands that when you shake them, they go... Oh, the jerk-off wands? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about, Shanley? You flip it on one way and it goes... You flip it the other way and it goes... Do you guys remember those clear plastic tubes that had like a colored like liquid and powder mixture that was like swirly? Yeah. So like when you would like turn it... It would like make like kind of swirly clouds yeah. look like the the surface of Jupiter. They're usually like glittery. <laughs> kind of, they'd be like slightly yeah. glittery. Yes. Yeah, they were metallic colors. Those, I thought those were so cool. He's also you know gonna, what? He's gonna get us both packets of freeze dried astronaut ice cream. Are we just describing why? Is it's that a, just Dippin' Dots? Okay. No, it's not just Dippin' Dots. It's freeze dried. When I want to try it. Sorry, what was that, Jimmy? <laughs> I was saying. That I think that this is exactly why it's a shame <laughs> that Talbot's Toy Store closed down in San Mateo. Um, it's a huge shame. It's because people like us left. Because honestly, everything we just described was in the first six feet of the store. In the bins, yeah. Yep. Really? It was all in the bins. The jerk-off tubes. <laughs> the, they had a little container with the, with the animal head clampy things. And, and they with had the finger the puppets. They had the wands. I never liked the finger puppets. The rubbery ones. Yeah, the arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they had like bulging eyes or yeah. like a beak or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, those weren't good. Um, and I don't think you could buy one of those that hadn't already had a whole bunch of children put their fingers in it. Yeah. And it's like, so this has already been fingered. Like, what do I want this for? Uh, you know what I was a huge fan of? It, the, the, the thing is like, it's like a, it's a, you hold it and at the top it's got like a clear plastic cup. And then it's got like knockers on the side, and you like shake it and it goes. Oh, uh, yeah, you mm. love to shake those knockers. I always forget that. What, what else did they have <laughs> at gift store, gift shop? I feel like they always had geodes. Yeah, like, geodes. That was a huge thing. Or the, the, the like. a geode? Like, it's like crystals. A rock and at it was the broken open. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I'm remember about the toy of, store. I'm thinking specifically. I'm not thinking of oh, toy gift stores. shops. I'm thinking of like museum, museum gift, gift shops. Okay, yeah, uh huh, yeah, for sure. Where it's like a rock and it was like broken in half and you can see yeah, the crystals it's like purple. inside. Yeah. yeah, but the outside was like ugly. Like it was like brown on the outside. It looked like a rock on the outside. Yeah. Okay, so this is where my confidence comes from because when I got one of those, I realized though on the outside I am ugly and brown. Mm. On the inside. <laughs> Maybe I'm not so brown. Yeah, you're <laughs> purple and sharp. That's right. That's why I like you. Also one of those books that is uh, like a, a shark, and every time you turn a page, it shows it takes off like a different layer of their anatomy. Oh, uh, yeah, like the plastic pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I never had one of those. That's why we're going to the museum. <laughs> no one would ever let me get fun books. I always had, like, regular books, you know? But whenever I wanted, like, a Guinness Book of World Records or a Where's Waldo or like, I spy. Uh, Captain Underpants. I might have had a Captain Underpants. Or, like, Dogzilla and Cat Kong. You guys remember those? I do not. I don't know how to read. Dude, you don't need to read. It's all pictures. Oh, This man, guy just baby. took pictures of his pet mice with his pet dog and pet cat and, like, recreated oh, like okay. the story of King Kong and Godzilla. Yeah, that's tight. It was cool. So anyways, uh yeah, th- that was the kind of jewels that that they had in the But <laughs> did you did you guys notice a pivotal piece of that accoutrement that mm. he has uh that kit was missing? He reached into his pocket. He had the gems, but what did he not have? The little drawstring bag that they Thank used to come in. Thank you, Shanley. Yes. Yeah. Where was the Where's the velvet drawstring bag? Well, he was being practical. He was like, you know, you don't might... just pour a bunch of duels in your pocket. In your pocket, I think that he <laughs> um, didn't know they were in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he had one of those like scoopers from the. The really unsanitary candy, um, like, like jars. Yeah, like yeah. a movie theater. <laughs> yeah, he had one of those scoopers. He dipped it in his barrel full of jewels and then just kind of poured it into <laughs> he his He was running pocket. late for his flight from Bengala to New York. Yeah, a um, direct flight. Yeah. Um, LaGuardia to Bengala. Um, and he was like, oh, dang it, where's the velvet bags? And he's like, Zach, where'd you put my bags? And the kid doesn't speak English, so he couldn't talk to him. So he just dumped a shovel full of those in his pocket and headed to the airport. Okay, I didn't take into consideration how how stressful traveling must have been for him. Um, so that, that's I, on me. Can I bring up something that bothered me? <laughs> that's so uncharacteristic. I know, of you. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna break character real quick. I'm just I gotta let this. You're really out. going off brand here. Why does the little boy? So easily get to flip flop. He was, he's a native of Bengala, assuming that mm-hmm. that's a thing that exists. Yeah. And he's helping the bad guys who are not only these like white dudes working for Xander Drax, which is the most villain name and the most 90s name oh, of yeah. all time. Uh, Xander with an X and Drax, like that's D's and X's were like the coolest in the 90s. D's and X's? Yeah. D, okay. the letter D was cool, believe it or not, and the letter X was very cool. Coolest wrestling group? DX. Is that what they were called? Yeah. Triple H, X Pac, Shawn Michaels. An- I know who they are. China. I thought there was another letter. 
They were called Degeneration X. Degeneration X, that's it. They did this. Yeah, they did the suck it with yeah. the X. <laughs> I did that a lot. I did that on a the lot very of times. same playground that I did the handspring. If I understand correctly, on the playground is where you spent most, most of my of days. Your day. Yes, <laughs> sitting down, maxing, yeah, relaxing. Pretty cool. cool. I mean, handspring cool. <laughs> that's clear. All cool. Yes, I stole these jewels, baby. Here you go, Caitlin. If you're out there, hope you still got those jewels. If you do, tweet it out. Mention it. Let us know. Add a picture at WKLY Watch Wheel. I would really appreciate it if you'd send those to me so I can give them to my wife. I don't want some second hand gifts. Yeah, but you also don't want her to have them. You also you want her seen walking around good these showing up at are. our twenty year high school reunion, being like, Oh, like look at these jewels. Uh-huh. I want better jewels. I know, Shanley. But you also don't want her to have my jewels. No, because I want I want her to have the jewels. So then I can have the opportunity <laughs> when she pulls her out hers. I'm like, oh, yeah? Well, here's mine. Bam. What if she's already made hers into a necklace? Like all of the jewels yeah, she what made. What if she's done that? It's been 30 years. She's definitely done that. <laughs> I want a tiara. So a tiara. <laughs> we can go into our 20-year union and I can just walk in wearing it. 20-year union. Yep, that's right. And I want a little glass vial full of or flakes semen. of gold. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 flakes of gold. That's another museum gift shop staple. Okay. It is. <laughs> so we've talked about the jewels. We've talked. <laughs> yep. Let, let's talk about some of the characters. Wait, I, well, I was asking about the little boy who flip-flopped. Oh, you're right, yeah. Why was um, it so easy on him? I think and it's like, because... Why was everyone cool with that? Like, everyone just let him do that? Like... This kid's a snitch. He's a traitor. He's leading the bad guys around. The bad guy who not only is a part of what Drax's crew, but also has the tattoo on his forearm of like their centuries long nemesis, the captain crew led by um, Shang Tsung, uh, Johnny Capahala. Yeah. Um, the, like they've that's the that's yeah the, he's 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 the piece between. Both evil syndicates. I, th- I think the reason why Zack is cool, with, like they're all cool with Zack, is because I think they recognize that Quill was taking advantage of Zack. And he tied up Zack and threw him in the back of a truck. And so I think Phantom was like, hey, I'm going to rescue you. And you, you live with me now. Don't go, don't go back to your family. Yeah, we're not gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to find your family or anything, but you can live in my cave with me. Yeah. Do not touch anything. Mm-hmm. And where's my velvet bag? And also learn English. Because I do not make an attempt to speak the other language. So he speaks to Zach in English for the rest of the movie. But yeah. the first introduction we have of Zach is him not being able to communicate with Quill because Quill speaks English. Well, maybe he can understand English, but he can't speak it. Mm. Okay. Shanley? I don't know. Sorry kind of moving on but so zach stays with the, the phantom and there's that other kid that stays there too right yeah. like that older kid yeah um did it bother you guys that he they both of those kids kept calling um the phantom like the phantom who walks the ghost who walks but like that yeah. like whole name and it's just like dude you you live with this guy you can't be a little more like informal you don't have like a nickname 
Mm. Everyone else just calls him the Phantom. That's because he uh, lords over them and he requires propriety from them. What a dick move. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Phantom. Oh, uh, no, that's not going to work for me. You, can, you may call me Ghost you know Who Walks. That's going to cost you a jewel. Go get me another jewel. <laughs> oh, wait, I have, okay. Going back to giving g- girls jewels all willy nilly. Oh, I see. See, wait, I knew wait, this wait, was going to happen. Wait. You shouldn't have brought it up then, Jimmy. So, um. Oh, yeah. What's his face? Kit Walker uh-huh. as the Phantom. Mm-hmm. He rescues the girl, Diane Palmer. And so he has. He rescues like, her from Catherine Zeta Jones and her weird group of like airplane, all female airplane pirates. Pilot pirates pilot pi yep yeah trying to figure out how you would merge those words pirate pile rat not pile rat certainly pile rate (laughs) perlat i have have no idea perlet she's a perlet but then does he give her jewels after that he gives her a necklace he gives her a necklace and says hey something to remember me by so he's known this lady for like five minutes and then he says before you go Here's like an old, like my family heirloom black pearl necklace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a note about that. Oh, right. Um, he says, he says, I have the way, where is it? Come on, hold on. You have the actual quote? Uh, yes. Where the hell is it? Oh, damn it. I guess I didn't write it down. It was one of those things that I couldn't get. But I remember he said something along the lines of, um, here's something you can't find in New York. And then puts the necklace on her. And he's like, it's a black pearl necklace. And my first thought was like, you can definitely find black pearls in New York. Well, no. You can find pretty much anything in New York. Well, okay. Black pearls are pretty common. Let let me explain this to you. Um, So remember, this movie takes place like the 20s or something. Does it? Do we know that? It seems like it with the vehicles and stuff. I think it's like the 50s. These black pearls. Mm mm. Are the, yeah. are the first ones that come to New York. And then when they get to New York, those black pearls, they... Um, Is this a joke? Are you going to try to make some kind of pun? <laughs> no, I'm not trying to make a pun. It feels like a setup for a map pun. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that these, uh, these black pearls, when they were brought to New York, then they began to propagate. And these black pearls are the parents of the black pearls that exist now. So these were the first ones that ever came to New York. Mm. So any any black pearls that exist now in New York, and of course you can't find them now, they're yeah. the progeny of these original black pearls. What I think it is, is that... Um, I, I was looking for the word reproduce. <laughs> That's the word I got out of Multiply. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, and it really distracted me after so he started talking about true. black pearls. I just um, started thinking about Pirates of the Caribbean. After that, you did make a few comments about because he he describes them. He says something like they're beautiful and elegant, and I threw in and I uncatchable. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm pretty sure black pearls are just Tahitian pearls. I think so, and they're like all over the place over there. So like I don't think it's a real thing that they're like they're like we don't even know what these are in New York. And also, even if they were, how the hell did he get them in Africa? Um, because he's he's the son of a pirate. No, he's not. Is he's he the not? son of the Phantom? But I thought the original the original Phantom was one of the pirates before the mutiny. Oh, was was he the original Phantom somebody who was 
on a boat that was ransacked by the pirates? I believe that's what happened. Okay. It was I, kind of like a Tarzan situation. Tarzan? So the original Phantom was a child on a ship, and he washed up on the shore and was rescued by the skull-worshipping natives <laughs> of Bengala. Bengala. Uh, and which brings me to something that I want to say. It might as well happen now. Um, how are you like? How are you gonna have a movie set in Africa and New York, and have maybe one black extra in the entire movie? I also like, don't think he was black. He looked like yeah, a dark skinned Latino. He could have been. It was. He looked like a like a limo driver, and he was out of focus in the background in a different room in a event that happened in New York. Yeah. So, regardless of what that guy was, uh, he kind of looked like um, who throws a shoe. Random task. Random task. He kind of looks like random task. The actor who played random task is in prison. He murdered his wife. Yeah. Hell yeah. What? I mean, what? (laughs) No, ignore me. Sorry, I think this kind of got away from it, but... <laughs> Shanley, so, we're in a flow here. Wait, you can't be just no, making the no, podcast no, no. go wherever you want. Kit Walker gave Diane Palmer the necklace. That is You're like a really family hung heirloom. up on all Listen, this exchanging jewels with women thing. This, let me get to my point. Okay. How and then afterwards, fury. Captain Horton comes in. Who the who, hell is that? He's the like, British guy, you know? Oh, oh the one who's like a... His friend, he's yeah. he's like his commissioner Gordon. Yes, he's yeah. like the, he, but he's also, and that's, ugh. yeah, we'll get to him. But anyways, he comes in and he makes a comment like, "Oh, another of those pearl necklaces." <laughs> yeah, he just cock blocks him. Yeah, it's so There's good. Like, Wait, is I this like a move? That. That he when has? he walks in, it's right after um, Kit the Phantom gave Diane Diana the pearl necklace oh and he that's goes, that's like he goes, a bit he does yeah he walks in and he's like oh then. you're doing the black pearl necklace routine again wow uh, I and then that. he's that's like that's his sense of humor like the phantom says something trying to like dismiss it but he never admits it's a joke he's just <laughs> like oh nice to meet you or nice to see you or something oh is it, it is it a joke? Is it like a how's the rash sort of joke? I mean, it's unclear, it's but I clear. think it's a joke. I mean, I think he is messing with him. Okay. Because they, the movie definitely wants us to think. That was At romantic. this point, we didn't know. But Kit fell in love with Diane in New York when they were in school together. And, like, is still in love with her. This and is that's, a, the, that's why he was able to turn down the immediate super horny advances of Catherine Zeta-Jones. When he breaks into her airplane pirate lair to rescue Diane. (laughs) And she's just like, oh my god. Like, I'm going to make out with you now. And then makes out with him. And then he's like, no. I want to go for the ex-girlfriend from Big Daddy. I'm taking the uglier girl. Thank you. I don't... Rude. I think they're equal levels of attractiveness. you're wrong. Can we, can we talk about Catherine Zeta-Jones' character? Please. Is now an okay time All to talk I want to do is talk about Okay, Catherine so her Zeta-Jones. name is Sala. Uh, most of the things in this movie end with Allah. <laughs> uh, and most of the things in this movie are taken from Indiana Jones' source material. Is there a Sala? Sala is the dude from the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Oh, that's Eye, right. Which are came out a year person? before this movie. I think so. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Was that John Reese davies Sala? Yep. Um, 
So Catherine Zeta-Jones plays. <laughs> oh my god! What? Sorry, I just saw a note in it. Bring it up later. Okay. So Catherine Zeta-Jones plays Sala, who is she's like an assassin. She runs an all-female team of like. It's like, like a mercenary crew or something. Yeah, but like, but it's it's very they, like femdom. So the way that we see them in action is the um, Diana. Is Diane is sent by her uncle who works at the newspaper in New York. He hears from a high placed source in the New York. They don't even say they say the city library, but okay. it's the New York Public Library. But he says, I heard from a well-placed source in the library that uh, Xander Drax kid. is researching the skulls of Tuganda. So we need to go out there and try to stop him from getting them. And he's like, oh, but I can't leave here because he's trying to steal my newspaper company. And so Diana's like, I'll go do it. So they send her. Xander blinds the head of the library with... Uh, some okay, yeah, booby trapped a killer ta- microscope. Does he just blind him? I thought it he killed just, him. I don't think he kills him. I, they it's, didn't, it's a microscope because they show him hit the lever beforehand, yeah. and they go out like an inch. Yeah. And he blinds himself. Yeah, like, that's the whole thing. You he turn turns the lever, it and it like Run it's not like a fast. Lever. I think it's like a switchblade. I don't think it's like they they gradually they, they come gradually come out. Come no, out. I, I think so. it's when you pass the certain point, it, they spring up. Yeah. But it's not. You're right. It's not like quick. So it's it's in the it's in the eye holes that when you when you adjust yeah. the knobs they pop out. But they don't. They only go out like an inch. So okay. I'm pretty sure it was a punishment to blind that? him. Who invented that? Because That's that is an extremely specific <laughs> self defense yeah, tool. I, I said um, microscope with knives in the eye holes to blind your enemies, but like only people who are willing to look into it, and also. Why didn't he just shoot or stab him if he's going to do something like that? Why set up this elaborate saw punishment? No, that that's very true. I have something in mind, too. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, that guy's definitely blinded, but not necessarily dead. Yeah, well, I think Xander just wants to maim his enemies so that they can tell people, like, oh, yeah, I, you know, don't do what I did. Dang it. I tried to remember to open this episode with Salami Day and welcome to the Weekly Watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Salami Day. So what I thought of in my notes earlier, which is related to that, that is the official greeting of the Rope People, which is the tr- respectful name for the tribe that lives in Bengala. So the Phantom not only lives on this island for most of his life and is the chosen protector of it, but also is... One of a, a like centuries old lineage of protectors of this island and the rope people. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't even call them the rope people in their language. He just says, "Go be with the rope people." Yeah. Uh, so he he tells Kevin when he's going to New York or something. Is that his name, Kevin? Who's Kevin? Zach. Zach. I don't know why I got Kevin. Okay. Um, he tells Zach. To stay with the rope people while he's going out of town? Alright, when I find the line, it's going to be funny. This is very difficult. Uh, for anybody who's lost track, we are currently discussing Catherine Zeta-Jones' <laughs> character, Sala. I I can't tell if I want to listen back, like, to hear, this. The, hear this episode, or just be mm. like, nope, it's what it is. So, so he's going to New York, uh-huh. and he brings Zach which is still ridiculous, uh, over to the, like, tribes people 
who are not at all dressed like Zach is. They're all dressed in like grass skirts and stuff. Right. And he says, go back to the rope people. No Kali Ba. <laughs> and we don't know what that means. But he just said, and then Zach says back to him, no Kali Ba. And like, that's the end of that. That's, that's the, the that's how that ends. Well, now we found the character we want to spin off for. Yeah. Now we need it's to see the Avengers him. of Zach so, and the rope people. He falls in love with the rope woman. And uh, <laughs> the rope chief doesn't think that he has what it takes. So he has to break his vow to the Phantom, and he has to yes Kaliba <laughs> <laughs> for love. Yeah. He goes, I want to ask for her hand. I want to tie the knot, oh rope chief. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that movie. Okay, no Kaliba. Anyway, <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones's character, she is kind of on a top from from Goldeneye. She's like really like sadistic. Yeah, she's supposed to be like a femme fatale, yeah. but she's not. But um, but but no 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 no, please don't step on me here. I rewound the movie 3 times to see if I missed something cuz she has a story arc, a beautiful story arc of redemption because she's sadistic, she's violent. She's a strong woman and is hugely against the protagonists. Oh, hugely horny for the <laughs> Phantom. Yeah, I mean, yes, that goes and without saying. And Kit, she likes both of them, doesn't realize they're the same guy. Yeah, well, but I she mean, wants that's them both the nature. equally as much. Well, so the second time she kidnaps Diana, there's a chase scene that in- involves cars and horses. It's crazy, but... Sala Sala looks back to Diana and she goes, I think probably he's dead now. And Diana says to her, what is wrong with you? Why are you so mean? Don't you care about anything? And that you see on Sala's face that that affected her. And then the next time they show her, she's like protecting Diana. And she's like, she's changed her ways and she's kind of become a good guy. The end of the movie ends with Diana flying off in a plane with Sala. She just becomes a good guy. And it's because of those beautiful words. And I'll say them again so you can hear the profundity of them. And maybe we should all ask ourselves these questions. What's wrong with you? Why are you so mean? Don't you care about anything? Those words are deep enough to transform even the most sadistic femme fatale into an ally. My name is Matt. Thank you. That's quite a mic drop. It was. I, I, I seriously rewound the movie three times to be like, did they have like a scene or something that I missed where she like really leaned into that and, and brought her where Diana brought Sala to their side? No, it's just she asked her those three beautifully written questions and it transformed her. It changed everything. I'm really glad that you like caught that because I remember thinking, like, wait, since when is Sala good? <laughs> but I just also didn't care enough to like try to go back. So I'm glad that you did three yeah. times. I shouldn't have, though. It was a huge waste of time. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the next time they show the two of them together, whenever Diana is being attacked by somebody, Sala jumps in and like beats up the person. She's like 100% on the good guy's side now. Did you notice this, Jimmy? Well, I mean, yeah, my notes were a lot less profound than yours. But uh, the second to last thing I wrote in my notes was 
Catherine Zeta-Jones just kind of becomes a good guy. <laughs> so it's the same essence, but different. But you, you she see, was you see a bad happen. guy, then she was horny, <laughs> and then she became a good guy. Mm. We should all be so lucky. I think that... This is probably not the content you want. I think she's one dick down away from becoming a bad guy again. Okay. I think once she gets that, she's like, okay, now I'm back on the other side. Yeah. Forgot I like money and being an evil plain pirate. Do you think maybe she's somewhat like attracted to Diana or something? It no. kind of seemed like that a little bit. No, I think she's jealous of her. Um, I think, you know, oh my God, <gasps> you just blew my mind, Matt. So uh, in my notes, I have that Catherine Zeta-Jones remarks when they have Diana captive in New York, they're they're talking about Diana, and she tells the bad guys that the Phantom is in love with her. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like, why do you think that? And it's like, because he refused me, or whatever. Mm. Um, or because he picked her over me, or something like that. Right. And so she's like, I, I, which I agree with, that the only reason that anyone would pick that girl over Catherine Zeta-Jones is if they were in love. Mm. Um, love is beautiful. And so I think that moment, like you were saying, I think this all made her realize, like, wow, like, oh. I've been living my whole life mean, having, like, all this, like, CD players and fancy cars. <laughs> and Even uh, women are possessions yeah, to Even her. women were possessions to her. And she sees the error in her ways, and so she's trying to turn it around. She's like, they have something beautiful that's that worth fighting have. for. And I, and I don't, yeah. She, she turns it around. She's decided to let go of the mean and find the meaning. Mm. Right? Shanley just <laughs> gave me a profound nod of approval. You just rendered me speechless. That was that was very good, Matt. Is this a perfect movie? <laughs> <laughs> no. Because we need to talk about Xander ja- Drax, please. I think he is the best character okay, in the so, movie. Do you guys Shanley recognize him Shanley was going to say something before oh, Shanley, we got was it? It wasn't him. Just throw it out anyways. Let's us determine. You were talking about how um, Catherine Zeta-Jones was into both uh, whatever Kit and the Phantom uh-huh. and how she was just into both of them. And I was going to say, maybe it's the same guy. Maybe it's just her type of guy. Yeah. She's, into, she's into a real Billy Zane type. Yeah. Would you be equally into me in a purple spandex suit with black mask and eye makeup double guns bear in mind that the suit is is slightly sheer so at times you can see his nipples (laughs) (laughs) and it has like a pattern on it yeah and a skull on each shoulder skulders and i think it was on the chest too no it was like vaguely a skull on the chest yeah i think it depends oh my god I think we need to do a video episode for our, our Halloween episode, and we all have to dress up as a character from one of the movies we've done before. That's great. I was just going to suggest that you... Shanley should be the Phantom. You be the Phantom, Jimmy. Shanley, you can be Catherine Zeta-Jones. I oh. could be Zack, and Dink could be Devil, the Wolfhound. You know that? He wishes. <laughs> Your dog hasn't moved in a really long time. He's miserable. <laughs> <laughs> All day today, he's just been going, like, laying. He, like, walks, like, four feet and yeah. he collapses. <laughs> it's really hot here. Yeah. I can't complain. It's currently I, like, 80. I, can't, it's... 
I can't it's, judge him. It's midnight him. and it's 83 degrees in our apartment. Yeah. Well, we've the way that we accomplish such a quiet recording atmosphere is we shut all the windows. Yep. Uh, I was just going to say, I can't really judge Dink because I also have been laying down flat on the ground <laughs> all over the apartment, including a stint of the day when I was laying down flat on my bathroom floor. <laughs> so I did that and played uh, Game Boy for like an hour yesterday. Down on the bathroom floor where the surface is still cool. We have a really nice microfiber bath mat. It's me. Yep. Then I was laying on top atop of you. <laughs> okay. Xander Z- Drax. He's played by... Wait, the, wait. Do you recognize him from anything? I recognized him. I don't know what he's from. I but rec- before you say too much about him. <laughs> okay. What? Hold it in. I have no idea. You don't. You don't know? I don't know. He looked super familiar, and his voice was even more familiar than him. I I know him. I know, I know him, him, but I don't know if what I Santa? say. <laughs> Santa. <laughs> what is it, Matt? Do you know him? Does he call you at home? Does he have a dorsal fin? <laughs> when I say what I know him from, I don't know if it's going to be like click with you your guys's experience. Okay. So I know what he's from. I'm going to say it, but don't be surprised if it doesn't hit with you. I have some context. He is the substitute. Do you know what the substitute is? It was, there was like four of them. They're these really trashy action movies where this guy is literally a substitute teacher or he's, he's like a, like a Kung Fu police officer who goes undercover as a substitute teacher in four sequential movies called the substitute and my dad used to love those movies and multiple times in my life i can remember being in my living room or walking through the living room my dad's like hmm, substitutes on <laughs> so watching the substitute are you finding it no did, did you grow up with those movies at all jimmy it seems no, like something your no dad would be into. oh my gosh shanley uh, what about your dad Does nope. you... sorry i can't say that i am familiar with that he's in empire do you watch Empire? Uh, sorry. The Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Star Wars Episode Five. He's Echo Base Trooper. No freaking way. I have so... M- I have great news, you guys. He's not... He's not the original substitute. He's only the substitute in Part 2, which is called... So the substitute part two schools out. <laughs> and, nice. And the substitute three... Winner takes all. Wow. Look at this, Shanley. Your dad would love this. He actually might. <laughs> Can you please text your dad and ask him if he's ever seen the Substitute movies? I think the first one was Dermot Mulroney. I could be wrong about that, though. Let me look it in. Oh, it's Jonathan Shale is the or- original, The Substitute. And Ernie Hudson's in the first one. Apparently, I only saw the uh, the second and the third one, though. I thought there was four of them. Oh, yep. <laughs> I got it. The Substitute. Failure is not an option. That one came out in 2001. Wow. <laughs> there is four of them. That's incredible. And uh, the actor's name is... Treat Williams. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Treat? Treat Williams. As in trick or? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm going to text your dad, Jimmy, and ask him if he used to watch The Substitute. Okay, I mean... Proceed. Cool. Talk, what do you know him from? You said Empire? 
Uh, I don't know him from that. Oh, your dad's not awake at midnight, is he? I, I don't think you should text him right now. Um, Dang it. Tune in next week, folks. Go ahead. But, um, yeah, he's... Uh, I don't know. He just has a very familiar way about him. I think he just kind of reminds me of the guy from The Princess Bride and Psych. Oh, uh... Carrie... I'm going to just say sure to whatever name you say right now. People um, are going to hate us for not knowing his name. No, they're not. Yeah. No one's going to care. Uh, no one's going to listen to this. <laughs> it's just us and Ian. Um, Shanley, hmm. did you find Xander Drax attractive at all? Hmm. To be honest, I can't really remember what he looks like. I feel like he looked... He very much looked the part of a rich asshole who's like a villain and like taking over everything and I think they accused him of like controlling the unions and like he worked with the mafia yeah yeah he he worked with like cartoon mafia mobsters who were big pinstripe suits with uh wide brim hats they're great I think he I guess he's a good-looking guy, but I feel like he just looks like such... Especially handsome. He he was great in this, though. He had so he was much great. charisma. So that's he what was I was so wondering more fun. so, is I thought Shanley would tap into that. He had, like, salesman vibes in, like, a good way. Good salesmen don't sell what they're selling. They sell themselves. Oh, wow. And he does that the whole time. He's got, like, an easy smile the whole movie through. Like, he's always just, like, got a little twinkle in his eye. Sure. And he's just, like... The moment before laughing, like he's always like right there. He's just like yeah. very whimsical and fun, and he's also successful. And he's the whole whatever. package. Yeah, he's the perfect guy. He's got style. He's got flair. He's got murderous science equipment. He's got yeah. The but big like three. he didn't take the lazy way out. He didn't put a couple guns on his thighs and a purple suit on and just kill the people that he didn't like. No, he made a microscope and came up with a clever plan to kill. The head of the New York Public Library. Or just blind him. That's somebody that I want to follow. Yeah, that's a great guy right there. I like how his character sort of changed based upon the people he was around. So when he was like... With he's the, a salesman. Right, well, when he's with the high society people, he's like a big, you know, like... He's like a big shot, right? And he's like not afraid of any of them. And then when he's with the mobsters in the boardroom, he's kind of like pitching himself, like you said, Jimmy. He's like asking for their cooperation. He's not quite as much of a big shot in their presence. And then even less so when he's in the presence of the pirates at the end, he's he's really kind of just like a twerp at that point. But not like fully. But um, I mean, when he's with the mafia, you guys, the one guy upsets him. And he just stabs him with a spear. Like, he launches a spear across the That's room. That's true. I forgot. kills him. So he's he's about it. Like, he's he's a G. I forgot um, about that. And yeah, you're badass. It was really badass. And then, apparently, so I don't know if you guys know this, but the guy that he kills in that scene was the head of the mafia. Oh, and yeah. the guy was Anthony Mafia. And, yes, uh-huh. The heir to the mafia fortune. <laughs> um, and then that guy's younger brother... Yeah. Is at the table and he's just like, okay, well, I'm down. Like, I've always kind of wanted to be in charge. So this worked out nicely. Yeah. So he just is like, oh, you just killed my brother in front of me and now I'm going to work with you. But uh, in the first scene when we meet him, so they've already said his name and we're like supposed to be kind of intimidated by him or whatever. But he goes into the high society party and the guy, Diana's uncle, Diane's uncle who runs the newspaper, 
mm-hmm. is like, oh, like, you know, we don't want you around here. And he's like, what did I do? And he's like, well, you did all these, like, shady business things. And also, you work with the mafia. Right. Uh, and he, like, pauses for a second with, like, a smile. And then giggles. And he's like, sounds like you've been talking to my ex-wife. <laughs> and, <laughs> no. like, everyone in the group I think group he says starts, ex-wives. I think it's plural. Maybe. But either way, everyone good. in the group starts laughing. And just, like, they love all the him. tension's gone from that moment. And they're all just on his side. And I was like, this applause. Yeah. This guy is my guy right here. He's way more likable than Billy Zane was. Sure. The, what about at the end when um, when he's with the pirates and he goes, I have something that you've never had before. You see this girl right here? That's the Phantom's girlfriend. And then um, whatever his name is, Kube Sang. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, my autocorrect changed the great it to Kubai Singh. Yeah, who's a descendant of the evil Kubai Singh. Yeah, which is hilarious. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you caught this, but uh, Little Brother Mafia, mm-hmm. Jimmy, Little Tony Mafia. Oh yeah, Junior. He calls him Cabby. <laughs> um, he's Richie Aprile from The Sopranos. For anyone out there, I, I think his name is Joey in this. Um, yeah, but the character is Richie. Aprile. Okay, so when 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 he's offering like. To uh to hold Diana to hostage to hold. to hold Diana hostage because she's the Phantom's girlfriend. Kibai saying like is like checking her out and he's like, Oh, the Phantom's got good taste. And this is the line that uh Xander says. He goes, Good, good, personal pleasure. I overlooked that one. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that. I was like, he's always selling. Like and and I like it too because I think it makes him a little more likable. Like, I think he doesn't mean that. Like, I think he's, like, a little icked out by that. But yeah. he's just like, yeah, look, I'm here, and, you know, whatever happens at this point, I guess I'm in too deep. So, sure, if that's what you need to get us to get this deal done, then fine. And then... Uh, and then uh, I like that. The, and then, then Joey steps in, Joey Mafia steps in, and he tries to, he tries to betray Xander... And, and I don't know if he's betraying him as much as he's like trying to flex and be like a big shot. He's trying still. to take everyone. And then uh Kabai Sang says something in a different in in their Sang pirate language. And <laughs> Joey says, What does that mean? And he goes, It's just old pirate language for prepare the cannons. And then he stands there for twenty five seconds <laughs> while, they while they lower, lower they crank down the cannon to aim, right aim at it him. directly out of it. And, and they're shooting the downward cave. and it hits him and he launches up into the air <laughs> and flies back like a hundred yards All into the a pool of water. It's great. Does he land in the shark pit? No, a, he lands in like the the grotto that they oh, entered right, the cave. Right, right, right. The part in with, which they entered w- the cave. Thank you. When they're making history and you're all a part of it. <laughs> oh, oh, damn it. Don't say it yet. But yes. Shaley, do you have that line, Shaley? Don't, don't yes. say it yet, dude. Why not, Shaley? Because we're supposed to be doing a thing that you asked us to do where we say our favorite line from the okay. movie. Okay. And Shanley said, oh, that's my favorite line and <laughs> okay. wrote it down. And I tried to step on it and now we're here. Okay. Should we just say it now? I mean, no, should I, we just start I, I saying our favorite lines when we get to that point in the discussion? No, no, it's a, it's okay to because bring them up later. I mean, but it'll probably be more interesting, I guess, at I this point. I think that all the lines only make sense with context, so I think it kind of makes sense to drop them. And then and call then, them back to it yeah. later. Okay. Okay, okay. Shanley, do you want to read us that line? Yes. <laughs> at the I entrance of it. the grotto, 
when they're in a very stiff, apparently <laughs> inflatable raft that looks like it's just made out of hard plastic. Yeah. Xander Drax says, History is about to be made, and you're all a part of it. Not an equal part, of course, but an important part of it. Nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. And he's like standing all grand. His, his yeah. arms yeah. are it's all It's like open. a big triumphant speech. And he still gets like a dig in. Like, like yeah, He didn't do anything. He, he literally did nothing. Everyone the, else did the work. And he's just claiming credit. He's that guy in all the group projects. They got the first skull for him. The, the Phantom took the second skull out. And he just showed up there with more guns. Yeah. And was able to take it from him. And then... The third skull, he like clumsily ends up with it in the chaos. Yeah, it's it's one of those hot potato action scenes yeah. where somebody has it and then another person has yeah, it and then it, it rolls like across a, the room. It was like the Infinity Gauntlet at the end of the uh, the the that one movie. It ain't the Infinity Gauntlet, Jimmy. Okay, it's the Nano Gauntlet. You son of a Billy Block. Um, I'm pretty sure. Don't isn't it with the Infinity Gauntlet? It's with the Nano Gauntlet, Jimmy. Moving on. Uh, I thought it was cool that the 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 Sang layer is located kind of in their version of the Bermuda Triangle. Did you catch that? Yes. It's called, called like it the, the Devil's, Devil's Crotch. Vortex. The Devil's oh. Vortex. <laughs> Not the Devil's Crotch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, isn't that that place where all the ships are being sunken and disappeared? And he's like, yeah, that's where we're going. And we find out why all the ships are disappearing. Did you guys catch why? Because uh, um, the late the hidden lair has they were able to shoot cannons, right? Yeah, they have torpedoes. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's that. Now we know that's the big mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a well, little. I mean, that was actually like probably cutting edge technology at this point because if this is supposed to be like the 1920s, which I thought it was a little later than that, but either way, like that was invented, like. In between World War One and Two, right? Yeah. So, like, this is like they're on top of it. Like these pirates who are spending living in a cave generations trying to find the other two skulls that they can't find. Um, that's like all these pirates are about on this one island, but they still somehow were able to get underground cave torpedoes to work. And coming out of cool. a, a submarine that's on a turntable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really liked that. It was a cool design. This is interesting, I guess. Um, I, I really want to talk about the fight between Xander and the Phantom. Is now a good time to do that, or do you have something to elaborate on? I mean, if you didn't do that, I was going to go somewhere else. Go ahead, that, go somewhere fine. else. I, I'm not going to forget about this, so go on. Um, I just think that it's interesting. We kind of we jumped to the events of the Devil's Vortex, but... We didn't really talk about how they ended up there. Oh, yes, uh, please. Which is absurd. Uh, So Diane and Kit are trying to find the second skull of Tuganda. Yeah, the Jade skull. Um, And it's in the World History Museum in New York. Which I bet has a great gift shop. Yeah, and it's in like a weird like tableau of like medieval knights and like it's like a it's like one knight or one king or something right and a woman and there's like a lot of chain mail and uh he there's like no barrier it's just like a thin piece of glass and they go we have to get that before drax shows up and 
the phantom kit just like punches a hole through it and shatters the glass and takes the skull out. Then Xander and his crew immediately are there. They're like already like they don't even walk up. They're like behind him when he turns back around. Right. Like 15 dudes. And they take the skull from him. And after putting them in the bag and trying to walk away, the bag is smoking. So they drop it. He opens it up. Xander walks over, picks up the skulls. And the they'd already said that when the two skulls are together, when he was pitching his plan to the mafia. Yeah. So when the two skulls are together, they will point the way to the, the third. third skull. Yeah. And he lifts up the smoking two Gonda skulls, these two Gonda skulls. <laughs> and they, he's like, goes on this like 30 second long, ridiculous tell don't show display of their power. It's all like, right. oh, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's incredible. Oh, can you believe it? And, like, nothing's really happening. There's, like, a dimly lit disco ball, like, probably in this set. Right. That's, like, turning. But, like, it doesn't make any sense what's actually happening. Then all the glass starts shattering in the building. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the camera's swirling around, but you can't tell if he's moving at all. Then all of a sudden, laser beams shoot out of the eyes of the two Gonda skulls. Yeah. And there's a map on the wall above a doorway in this room that has the medieval English and like European section. Uh There happens to be a weird, like thin map. That's not like a full world map. It's just like a partial map. It's like a panoramic map. And the skulls shoot their laser vision at the point on the map that is near Bengala, I would assume. Yeah. And is the devil's vortex. What if there was no map there? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I wrote down, what if there wasn't a map there? Did you really what, write that in your notes? Yes, I wrote, what if there was no map? What if he was standing facing the wrong direction? That was a terrible, absurd way for them to do that. I So this is that's what you want to talk about uh, that precedes them getting to the Devil's Vortex. Is that bit? Because yeah, just that that's how they know where they're supposed to go. Okay. And he, well, and he says talk. immediately, like, oh, the devil's vortex. And she's like, check again. Like, what do you mean check again? There's laser holes yeah. in this map. There's nothing to check. <laughs> uh, so, but I want to talk about that. Their actual mode of transport. Because they they grab Diana and they go, they just drive through the city, I guess. And then the Phantom hooks up with Al the cabbie again and says, hey, follow them. And, um... And then they they lead the the phantom and the cabbie to like this airspace uh like i guess it's like a a seaplane air airplane hangar or a mm-hmm. seaplane hangar and um the phantom says goodbye to the cabbie and he's like hey thanks for everything da 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 and he dives into the water and, and the cabbie said to looks the cabbie, at the cabbie yo Holmes, smell you later that's what he says yeah thank you i forgot about that mm-hmm. and the cabbie looks out sees the phantom dive into the water and he says hey give my regards to kit and then uh the phantom salutes him and then the cabbie look basically looks at the camera and goes i love new york <laughs> And then then, uh, the Phantom swims out to where the seaplane is and he grabs onto the pontoons at the bottom of the seaplane and the the plane flies 
to the middle of the sea to the devil's vortex and unbeknownst to them the phantom is hanging on to the pontoon <laughs> for the entire flight yeah there's a few times where he almost falls off but overall he was very comfortable just yeah. hanging on to the pontoon yeah I, I did not catch that i must have been writing notes during that part but uh that's amazing uh i just did a two-hour flight back to california uh, recently, and I was incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, what class were you in? Were I'm you... always in, uh, like, low class. Yeah. <laughs> Classless. But, I mean, like, even that is a cut above pontoon class. Were you in pontoon class? I wasn't. They didn't offer it. I think I would have taken it because flights are getting expensive again. Yeah, and at least you have the leg room. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. That would be nice. But, dude, like a night flight to Africa when you're in a soaking wet purple like spandex suit sounds right. terrible. Like, I think you'd freeze to death. And I think he wouldn't be able to breathe. Pretty I'm sure know. both of those things would have been. Problems. I was thinking that, but I was thinking maybe this is such an old. This is a time in aviation history where the planes didn't quite get as as high of altitude as our current ones do. So maybe he could potentially breathe. Well, if that's the case, then I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have been able to survive the like thirty hour flight. To <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> hanging. Yeah, hanging on. Just with his hands. He didn't, like, buckle in yeah. or anything. No one looked out the window? 30 hours? No one just... John Lithgow hey, did. Well. There's something on the wing. That's good. Uh, and in World War One, they they did, like, strap themselves to the wings of biplanes. And they would have gunners that were, like, strapped to the wings of biplanes, right? So there, there's some, I guess, plausibility of this. But I, I, I think... I mean, ultimately, it's a, it's a ridiculous serial comic movie but the idea of him just hanging onto the pontoon the entire time on the way to the devil's anus is uh it's pretty far-fetched hmm. should yep. we wait for shanley before we start talking about the final battle um yes but while we're there let's do some cleanup uh here um number one uh i really like that uh I just called him Red Stripe the Pirate. Oh, yes. Um, the guy who was wearing like a... Like all the pirates were pretty like... In, in like raggedy clothes. Period clothes, yeah. sort of. But not to the point that this guy was. Where it literally looked like he went to a Halloween store and said, Give me the pirate. Yeah. Uh, like not a captain, just a pirate. And they're yeah. like, yeah, we got you. It was like a Waldo shirt. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was and it was, a red bandana It was. Thing. Like, like screen printed rag. stripes. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I have him as red striped pirate, but red striped the pirate is better. Yeah, <laughs> I. It was so distracting. He was very much like um, like tre- Treasure Island in Vegas, kind of, or or even more so, uh, pirate adventure in Anaheim. <laughs> yes, very pirate adventure. Yeah, <laughs> but there was also a, all of amidst. All of the pirate extras were some pretty funky looking costumes. There was one who was like mm. in a really big, puffy, brown, curly pirate wig. <laughs> and great. he gets a Yeah. Uh, the Phantom just punches him in the face. I thought his like wig was going to fly off because it was like comically large. He, uh, he looks like a dandy pirate. That's mean. I don't think you're allowed to say that anymore. Um, 
did you enjoy that we had at least our second fight in front of a like light source a single a room with a single light source that is obscured by a giant fan oh when uh we were in new york and kit was turning it was the room where he dressed up as the phantom again he escapes in the stairwell from the bad guys right doesn't kill them even though he has two guns on him and these are people who are gonna continue looking for him and trying to kill his girlfriend but he doesn't kill them he kicks them in the stairwell they all fall down he runs into this room that's dark with a fan in front of a light source Changes into the Phantom. They all come in there one by one to look for him, and he beats them up. And I was oh, like, that's man. hilarious. I love that they are doing that. Yeah, the Highlander model. I didn't yep. see it. Okay, so this was my experience watching this movie. Last night, as we were discussing, I was feeling ill, and I quickly fell asleep throughout the movie. And the movie was really short, but it felt even shorter for me because there were massive parts where I fell asleep. And so today, I... uh I kicked on the movie what I thought was pretty close to where I'd really started falling asleep and I continued from there mm-hmm. and it was about at that moment. Okay. Uh, so maybe I, maybe I missed that by a couple of minutes. Um, well then one other thing that you might've missed, and this was also great. I should have mentioned this earlier, but part of the reason that I love Drax, one of the other little, just like such a fine development of who this character is. Yeah. Like this actor deserves a lot of praise for this guy. The substitute. Um, when he spears the mafia dude uh-huh. in his boardroom, uh-huh. first off his like house and office building and whatever sets that he was like responsible for his character was the owner of, yeah. of which his character owned. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know how to say that. No good. Which is all of them owned. looked hella nice. Like yeah, I was into all of his stylish. places. Super cool. But I can't remember if he throws a spear or if he runs across the room and stabs the guy it. through he it. Throws it, it across across the I thought room. he threw it. But he walks over to him, pulls the spear like aggressively out of him, and the guy, and the guy falls, falls to the down. His lifeless body falls to the and ground. And then Xander looks over at his like fine wooden like walls and sees like a little scratch and like that's the one scene where his like constant like smirk kind of drops for just a second and he like kind of like rubs the spot and it's like Ugh. because and, like because he's got a spear hole in his wall because yeah. there's like yeah. a little scuff it's not even a spear hole it's just like a little scratch in the wood but like it's very brief they barely do it i don't even think that like the director or the crew was even aware he did that i think that actor just did that really quick like just that moment of like ah fuck like I messed up my wall. That's the treat. It was so it's the good, treat dude. itself. He was really good. He was super fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed him. Yeah, very likable villain. Yeah. It's a good detail. Shout out to Treat Williams. He's a real treat of this film. Yeah. Can we now can we please talk about the final battle? Yes. We must. Okay. So we you, must. When you unite the the three Gondas. Yes, you're. They're supposed to create the the strongest power in the whole wide world, uh, but Kabai Sang says there's supposed to be four skulls. He doesn't say you idiot, but that's really yeah. the the tone it's, of voice yeah, he's using. The, the spitting like way he speaks to him. It's just like you fool to quit wasting my time. Supposed to be four skulls. I'm trying to sit here in this weird sepulcher. Yeah. And relax, and you're getting at me with this nonsense. Real smug for a guy whose family has been in Bengala trying to find these skulls 
for 500 years. And didn't get the two that were there. Yeah, he's, he only had one of the three that were there. All four were there, I guess. Or, oh, sorry, never mind. One of them was one in, of them was in New, New York. York. We don't know how long it was there. That's true. Probably started in Bengala. Mm-hmm. We started in Bengala, now we're here. <laughs> that wasn't funny. <laughs> but they, there should be a very niche parody of that song that's just based on the Phantom. Yes. Uh, I think you can make that. I That'll could. be on our Patreon, y'all. Not the whole schools are here. <laughs> okay. Just uh, save some for our yeah. VIP content. So when he unites the three Gondas, he finds out um, that there that there's a fourth Gonda, and the fourth Gonda is, of course, the Phantom's Ring. Yep. So he doesn't ever get to unite all four of them. So we don't know what the power could have been, but when he unites all three of them, he's really losing his mind about the lasers that shoot out of the three gondas that are basically the same thing that happened with the two gondas so and he's like freaking out and it proceeds to have a but final but he couldn't batter. control it with the two gondas the two gondas did it themselves okay the three gondas he could control okay that's why he was really jazzed about it because he was he was like a kid in a candy store and those the three two gondas. gondas barely burned a hole in an old map and the three and gondas, the three gondas Quill. disintegrated Quill <laughs> yeah. instantly. That's shout outs to Guardians of the Galaxy. Like on There's a Drax and a Quill yeah. in this. Yeah. He it, it was just he's like, Oh man, I just shot Marvin in the face. Right? It's totally that tone. He accidentally disintegrates Quill. Um and then he proceeds to fight the Phantom because the Phantom's got the fourth Gonda on his ring. And it's it's basically the Schwartz fight from Spaceballs because one of them's proceeding out of yes. the Phantom's ring and the other one's proceeding out of the three Gondas. And they're just lasering at each other. You know, he described... <laughs> I, I he, was about to say it, uh, but you, um, uh, you, got, you beat me to it. But you go, my Schwartz is, or is it my Schwartz is bigger than yours? I, I or see your Schwartz. Yeah. Your Schwartz is as big as mine. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that way to, it came, that came to your mind while they were fighting? Uh, yes. Balls? Immediately. We were going to both say it because they're like <laughs> holding them, fighting towards, their beams are like pushing into each other. Okay. Uh, like Harry Potter or Dragon Ball Z or any other thing. But, but how yeah. anticlimactic. I mean, Shanley, you brought up how clumsy the fighting is throughout this movie. But the climax of the movie, the opponents aren't even connecting with each other. They're just shining lights at each other and tensing up around the room. Yeah. Um, it was crazy. Shanley, sorry. Go on. You're, I'm not Shanley. Um, it, it was in line with all the fighting from the rest of the movie very over choreographed it was interesting that i feel like the phantom had guns and he was just like shooting all over the place like all willy-nilly and then he threw those away and then he was like i think he grabbed a sword from someone (laughs) and was like fighting guys with guns and beating them with his sword and then he got unarmed and was beating guys with swords with his bare hands and it was just like okay that logic should not work, but... It is the way of the Phantom, I guess. Yeah, he's just that good. Um, I loved when the... For it did upset me that, like, 
that's supposed to be the most powerful thing ever. And it's like, yeah, not really though. He, the way um, he's pitching it to the mafia is like, we won't need militaries anymore. Yeah. It was almost got... like it was, well, now that I just said it, it's on my, it was almost like it was like the dragon balls or something. Like if they have this, like, or like in the terrible 1984 wonder woman thing, um, oh. where like he can just like make a wish anytime someone makes a wish or whatever. Yeah. It was like it was going to be something like that, where like he could just like do anything, right? All of a sudden, but it's like now you have like yeah, a, laser a laser gun, and it, and it's not even something you a can disintegration. Shoot. It's just it's it's a long continuous beam. Yeah, it's always <laughs> going to be running. You should put it in a box full and of mirrors. And it's kind of less something. powerful than when the two skulls were there and shattered all the windows in that room. Like and less powerful than controlled. a gun, I would argue. Yeah, um, uh, but. I did like that when the Phantom started using his ring, which did he know that that was going to work or did he just like, did it just turn on on its own in the presence of the other ones? They didn't explain it, but I got the sense that he knew that that was going to happen. It was like his secret weapon. Um, I got the sense that it was kind of like a secret surprise. Like, I don't think he knew that was a thing. Okay. And then when it came up, like, oh, there's actually four. Then he's like, oh, I've had this my whole life. This is now going to be important. Uh, we've all had a, the, one of those, could this be a Gonda moment. So, <laughs> I am shocked that you didn't do this. And this is probably my favorite line in the movie. So, should I save it or should I say it? Do is it. this when Drax dies? No. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. So, in the beginning of their showdown fight. between the skulls, the Schwartz skull battle. The Schwartz Gonda. When that the Phantom's work. ring powers on... Drax looks at him and says, in his like just amazing Drax way, he goes, "Ha! What a cheap jungle trick!" <laughs> I do have that in my notes, and, and I lost my yeah. I could not handle it, dude. What a cheap jungle trick! Like feels vaguely racist and Sexual. definitely like weird. Like why is it a trick? Like there's a four skull. He has the four skull. Like that's not really a trick. And also, like. Why is that funny? <laughs> like it's just so weird. Well, and, he like, has a blast up to the point when he dies. This is yeah. his line when he dies. When the the four Gondas are like making the unity, I guess. <laughs> uh, and like the power starts amping up, it, it's becoming too powerful for him to contain. And he goes, "Unbelievable!" Yeah, <laughs> it's like and the then, same thing as when they were in the museum. He's got the same. Like he's very enthusiasm yeah. for it, yeah. And then he he transforms into fire. Mm-hmm. He doesn't catch on fire. He kind of just <laughs> completely tur- transforms. <laughs> he turns into a space of fire. That's great. He he turns into when you uh, spritz hairspray at a lighter. That's what he turns into. <laughs> and then that's how he dies. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but then as they're leaving the devil's anus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It apparently was a volcano, volcano, and lava starts pouring out the top. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I was like, really? Just because it's the nineties? Like, oh, and there's a volcano. (laughs) The villain's lair is in a volcano. Um, All the villains die. Uh, Kabai saying we didn't talk about that. He falls into a, a shark pit. Yes, he is tossed into the shark sharks. The the, the ill-tempered sea bass <laughs> with laser beams. Was it just beams. me, or is that moat like tiny? 
Not really? even just tiny, but like shallow. Yeah, it's incredibly shallow. Yeah, he, I think he he, he, he falls had to Indian lay style. flat because if he sat up, it would have been out of it. Yeah, I think that it was just like they had like the top it was half super of murky, sharks. So they had like yeah, like a fin on like a little track. Yeah, it was like moving, so you had to like lay flat so it was and splash around yeah. so that it looked like you were drowning. Uh, it was very funny. And then so they all go to the Phantom's lair and. They all meaning Catherine Zeta-Jones and Diane. Actually, it's just Diana and Kit, actually, uh, because Catherine Zeta-Jones is waiting is outside with in the her plane. seaplane. Yeah, uh, and then she goes, "So, Kit," and the Phantom goes, "Oh, you know I'm Kit." And then she, but then he doesn't want to take his mask off. Well, he says goodbye to her, and then Ghost Dad shows up. Yeah. Do you think oh yeah, we didn't even idea? mention that at all. Is this where they got the idea from Dexter? Because Ghost Dad from Dexter is in this movie. Yeah, he was like, you know, I was in a movie that did something really cool. <laughs> I think we should do that. <laughs> Every set he goes on, he suggests Ghost yeah. Dad. He was in Sex in the City. Did he suggest Ghost Dad? Probably. I love that guy. Uh, Ghost Dad shows up, and he's like, "Hey, man." In in Jack Sparrow's words, oh, if you um, were waiting for the opportune moment, that was it, mate. Yes. Longshanks from Braveheart. Is that who his dad is? Yes, I said that during the movie, but you That's were falling right. asleep. I, uh, I've also never seen Bra- Braveheart. What? I know. Yeah. I don't watch movies <gasps> with Scottish war in them. Are you guys kidding games. me? I've Dude. seen... Uh, Highlander wrong- 2. I've I know. seen Wrongfully They're Accused. They're very similar. <laughs> wrongfully accused starring leslie nielsen dude you have to watch braveheart i've seen dragonheart and i've seen brave okay very so. similar yeah <laughs> um okay, but, but, okay well, let's let, yeah let's continue so ghost dad says hey man you you need to get down with with that girl and he goes yeah. out to the to say goodbye to her and oh, he gives him his blessing because he's like you know there's there's one person that you have to like you know get down with right yeah and the there the unspoken subtext here is there's like hey you need to propagate a, a man child yeah like, so that way the phantom you gotta can live bang on. a chick and have a boy otherwise so, who's gonna do who's gonna phantom zach our job which what do they do <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and so he goes out he meets her on the beach and she's like take off your mask he's like, you know, I can't tell you all of my secrets. And she's like, oh, okay. And he goes, wait, actually, I can take my mask off. He takes his mask off. All the eye makeup's gone. <laughs> yep. He takes his mask off. He goes, actually, I can show my face to the girl who's going to be my wife. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Catherine Zeta-Jones is over there. She yeah, sees like five him. Five feet she's, away. She's like, what? What? Kit And then they kiss. Uh-huh. And then she leaves. And then she says goodbye. Oh, oh, he's um, he's like gonna kiss her, and she's like, "What if I said no or something?" And he says, "No one refuses the Phantom." Yeah, it was a little rapey. Yeah, I'll be honest, it was a little rapey. <laughs> it's like you can't say that, like on an island when you're the only guy with two guns strapped to your thighs. Say, "No one refuses the Phantom." <laughs> so you're a little too comfortable dropping that line. It's the it's the that episode of Always Sunny when when they're in the boat. I'm not going to do anything, but I won't have to because of the implication. <laughs> nice. And then she flies away in the boat, 
or ex- in the plane, not in the boat. That'd be funny though. <laughs> she she fl- a flying boat, <laughs> <laughs> she, like the end of Peter Pan. Yeah. <laughs> she and Catherine Zeta Jones fly away, and then Ghost Dad narrates like, "Hey, but don't trip because she's gonna be back and marry my son." And that's how the movie ends. Yep. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna have a sequel." Nah. <laughs> so okay, we're done with this. We have a lot of cleanup to do because there's some things that we need to talk about. We could talk about them all a cart. Okay, good. So number one thing that I need to talk about, I would love it if we were just popcorn. Shanley, you don't have to elaborate or participate at all. But if you want to throw out something that Matt and I can dive into, please feel free. Cool. Well then, yeah, let's do that. Let's go through some popcorn thoughts. Okay. So first, we didn't talk about when. The Phantom goes to find uh, Diane. Okay. Is it Diane or Diana? I think it's Diana. I think it's Diana too, but I feel like I don't know why I keep asking every time. In my notes, I have it down as Diane, but I could have gotten it wrong. So I think, yeah. You got the right idea, Shanley. You're laying down with your mic. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. (laughs) So we have to wait? No, go ahead. You're just going to tilt it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't knock over your headphones. I'm good. All right. Testing. Yep. You can still feel it. Go ahead. So, you guys are hilarious. We're sick, Jimmy. Okay. So, um, you might not remember this because you were falling asleep, but the Phantom, his... But I, I rewatched the movie, though. The Phantom, his dog, Devil, and devil. his horse... Devil. Huh? I said, mm, Devil, Devil. <laughs> what was the horse's name? Uh, the horse had another ridiculous name. Yeah, I I didn't I don't remember. It was like Ghost or something. Um, yeah, I think you might be right. But I'll look it up. Go ahead. Um, they ride up to the boat that like all the pirate pilots have uh, Diana captured on it. Right, and it's broad daylight, and he's in a stupid purple suit. <laughs> and he sneaks over by the dock where people are loading stuff on and off of this ship. And he goes up to the dock and then sees a rope from the dock diagonally over the water onto this like medium-sized boat. And he goes, aha, and then starts climbing upside down on, oh, the, yeah, rope on the ropes to yeah. get onto the boat. And there are people in the background walking on and off this boat. I was wondering how they didn't see him, yeah. It was like, you're wearing a purple suit and you're climbing really slowly across this rope. Like, there's no way that's a good idea. So I really appreciated his fitness level in this movie. It was just, it was very realistic. And and I think he's a, a sufficiently adequately muscular man. And, but, and his ability to scale that rope slowly while others just intentionally ignore him i think is what they were doing uh it just i it kind of made me feel safe it it encouraged my my body image issues wow okay well so that happened and that yeah. was ridiculous i like that one um but then his horse's name is hero by the hero way. yes and then the most ridiculous thing was after he escapes he escapes on a plane with Diane or Diana. Right. And the whole time they're cutting back and forth between like the horse sees him get on this plane. His dog jumps onto or his dog, his wolf jumps onto the ship to like fight <laughs> off the bad guys and scare them for him so he can make his escape with Diane. And 
I, one, he's a dick for just leaving his wolf there. Like, these guys all have guns. Why didn't anyone shoot the wolf? There's been uh, a lot of canine abuse in our movies, hasn't there been, Jimmy? Yes, and it bothers Canine me. neglect and abuse. Yeah, from the owners, specifically. Right. Um, but that happens, uh, and while that's while he's getting away, then the horse sees the plane leave and is like, oh, okay, and starts, like, galloping away, and he's like, oh, no, they shot our plane, so we're out of fuel. So, you know, I got a plan. He gets, like, 10 feet above the ground yeah. with the plane and then jams the controls so that it'll stay level, apparently, because that's how planes work. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, basically, the whole time we could tell as he's on the plane, like, before we even know the plane's been shot, we can tell this is about to happen. <laughs> but the whole thing is a setup to have him and Diane jump from the plane Onto the moving horse. (laughs) (laughs) You have to understand that the horse has been watching the plane this entire time. Yeah, and the horse is ahead of the plane. (laughs) So the horse is using the plane to guess where it's going to go. Yeah, and he gets... But it's in front of the plane. The plane is slowly passing the horse, and it takes about a full minute from when he gets out of his seat and is about to jump onto the horse, and it's right below it. And it's, like, about to pass the horse. But they keep cutting, and it's in the same place, about to pass yeah, the horse yeah. again. And then he jumps, and then by the time she jumps, which is a realistic, like, 40 seconds after he did. Yeah. It's yeah. still, it's further back than it was when he jumped. So, like, the horse and the plane are either going back and forth with each other, or this is a dumb movie. <laughs> I think it's I think it's the latter. Shanley, this is the part where you were disappointed, because you were expecting something between... Uh, a beautiful moment between Devil the Wolf and Hero the Horse, right? Shanley. Hmm. <laughs> you were expecting a certain moment to happen between Hero the Horse and Devil the Wolf Devil when they Devil. were running away when from they were the running ship after, the after plane. they rescued Diana? Yeah. I feel like the... Um, was it the devil devil is the wolf yeah i feel like devil was like instrumental into helping them on the ship and uh causing a diversion so that they can get free Mm -hmm. and then um yeah we just covered all this so the horse is running what i was trying to get at is shanley you were cheering hoping that devil was gonna jump on hero's back yeah <laughs> well you had to steal her thunder i wanted her to build to no save. it's totally fine devil, no no you, i wanted to hear devil you say that in out. your own words it's not as funny yeah for me to Matt tell didn't you what just you said yeah go ahead and then say it in your words so devil ran out uh-huh came over to hero i feel like barked at him they like made a point of showing like eye contact, understanding, whatever. <laughs> they're communicating with each other. Yeah. And then the plane takes off, and they're like, "Oh, we got to follow the plane." Not- yeah. And then they just run together in a- another direction. But I was really hoping that Devil was going to jump on Hero's back <laughs> and ride Hero, and then take off and, you know, uh, find the Phantom. That would be great. Do you think that Devil went to the same laboratory that Hunk went to, and he learned how to speak multiple? species languages including horse look matt what happens in bengala stays in bengala and that's not the case a lot of things leave bengala (laughs) and go to different places to different white men uh also it can you not land a seaplane on land is that why he decided to crash it against a cliff he said they were running out of fuel not that the plane was going down 
uh, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure you can't. Because I don't think you can, like, slow down a plane to, like, a safe enough speed to have it just skid. Like, I think as soon as it comes into contact, it's going to okay. be like landing with the emergency brake on. Where, like, they just jam up and he, like, But don't you think crash. that the, even even if it's, like, a, a bumpy landing, don't you think the pontoons could kind of just skid across? I don't think that they will skid. I think that they will immediately break roll. Off. And it'll go nose first into the ground. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I think that is a bad plan. I, I do have to say, it's an impressive stunt. It's not But CGI. they're on an island. They started on water. I feel like they could have yeah, probably made it back to going. the water. <laughs> yeah. To turn it, make a hard right, and you're back on the water. I think he just thought that it would make her, like, super turned on if they pulled off this jumping onto the horse thing. <laughs> Blow I would have been plane. so excited. <laughs> Truly, if if you and Jimmy jumped off a plane onto a horse, hell yeah, Jimmy, you missed out on. You guys had a plane in your honeymoon, did we? You flew to Hawaii. Oh yeah, and I have a horse there. <laughs> yeah, blueberry. Yeah. <laughs> Good old blueberry. Uh, no, yeah, I think it. I think it was an impressive stunt, but it was like no, um, it wasn't. If it was an it, impressive concept for a stunt. It was not done in any cool way. But if you think of that, that these two stunt performers actually did that, but it's did not. Did they though? They did something. I don't think it's a real airplane, but it's it's something moving alongside a horse, and they they moved off of that pontoon onto the horse. It was going a lot slower in real life, but but my point is, it wasn't like movie quality. It was like. Stunt show quality. It was like 80s TV show quality. I don't even think it was that. I think it was like going to the going to a rundown amusement park and seeing the stunt show. I think it was like that kind of quality. Okay. I think Ghost Rider would do that in his stunt show. But Ghost Rider's a badass, dude. He would do something way cooler. Jump over a bunch of helicopters. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that was a good one to bring up. Let me check my popcorn list here. I got more whenever you guys are ready. Shanley, do you have anything? I know you're fading. I do not. You can't think of a single thing that was ridiculous that we didn't talk about? Are you asleep? No, <laughs> Did I'm she fall asleep in between those? <laughs> um, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Um, what about uh, when, at the very beginning sequence, when the Phantom is fighting Quill and his goons, there is a crossbar like like a, an actual pole wrapped in in vines on which he does like acrobatics. Oh yeah, he like steps <laughs> onto it. Yeah. It's like it's between a bunch of trees. It's but it's not a branch. It's just a big metal bar. So that way he could swing and do cool spins. I thought that was funny. Um the the guy at the beginning of the movie, I don't, we did I don't know how we didn't bring this up. Uh, nothing like this happens in the rest of the movie, but a skeleton kills oh a guy. Oh, my God. I, yeah. <laughs> a skeleton kills a guy, and then the guy, the actor's like, his mouth is moving while he's dead, and his eyes are blinking. It's not like a full blink. It's like a partial blink, but, it, I mean, he's not dead. And They should have um, committed and really killed that guy. And uh, what's his name? Um, Quill brings that up. So... To Drax and the Mafia, who are just like regular New York people, they are being told by Quill, like, hey, uh, there's magical skulls, 
that are real are yeah. a real thing. They're magical yeah. and they work. We know that. Uh-huh. And also on my way to get them, um, I was, me and my goons were attacked by a man who I've already killed and also um, a actual human skeleton uh, killed one of my goons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, hey, when we picked up the two skulls, all the windows shattered and the lasers burned a hole in a map that was in the room. Yeah. And these regular human beings see all these things happen and then go, okay, well, the laser beams on the map are pointing to the devil's vortex where ships keep disappearing. Yeah. So let's just go with the magic skulls that destroyed all the glass in the museum <laughs> to this place to fight living skeletons and a man who you've already killed. Like, really? They're not at this point like, hey, maybe we're in a little too deep. We're all doing pretty well in New York here. In New here. York, yeah. We, like, we have a crime just, uh, syndicate. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and say we're doing good. This is good enough. Yeah, we're, we're not that mystical. Uh, and, I mean, clearly, it doesn't work out for any of them. So, you know, that's a note to all you aspiring criminals out there. Just, you know, be reasonable. Have some humility. Know when you're out of your depth. I hear you there. Here, here's another popcorn. I just, I think he underutilizes the fact that he is a trained wolf. Yeah, like, for sure. He, the not a and a trained horse, a horse <laughs> that he can tell, hey, uh, I'm going to jump off of this plane onto you at some you point. Follow probably, this point. So here's my flight. Get ahead of me, and then we'll meet up later. <laughs> hey, Shanley, did you happen to notice that? Shanley and I are laying down in different parts of the room. She so. just woke up. She I, just turned back on. I'm I, listening. She Shanley, booted back up. Based upon the discussion you and I had earlier this week, did you happen to notice how many times uh, Devil's Tail was out of the frame? Did you notice that? I didn't. So, Jimmy, uh, I, I sent Shanley this picture that uh, said that in modern film, a lot of times um, in post-production, they have to CGI dogs and wolves' tails because when they're supposed to look ferocious and angry they get so excited that they're acting so well that their tails are usually wagging. That's hilarious. <laughs> so they have to CGI their tails out and make them to make them look angry. And I couldn't help but notice in this movie, Devil's like hindquarters are oftentimes out of the frame. That's so awesome. That's pretty funny. Because it was a time before CGI. Um, uh, I have a popcorn. And also, no, it wasn't. Because at one point, the skulls fly through the air to each other and like turn on. Okay. Yeah, not, not entirely scene. before, but... Um, that this is wait, a real wait, popcorn. Wait, wait. I have a popcorn. You've done three in a row. No, those were just comments. You said I have a popcorn and then said that stupid one. <sighs> Go ahead. I've been waiting. What have any of the other phantoms ever done? Because they've gotten stabbed in the back. Yeah. And so had their belts. We know stolen. that the phantom the current phantom's father was stabbed by Quill. Yeah. Who looks to be the same age as Billy Zane. Yeah, no. Um yeah. So maybe even slightly younger, but they look close to the same age as each other. Yeah. Then we know that the first Phantom ended up there in like the late 1500s or something, like the 1600s. Uh-huh. So for generations, these white men have either been elected or taken it upon themselves. <laughs> elected? Uh, well, you know, I don't know if like it was kind of like the great white ninja thing where Haru didn't choose to be the great white ninja they he ended up there and they were like oh yeah well that's what you are yeah so you know 
that's just what it's going to be. Um, <laughs> but it kind of seems like that because they do their little dance in front of him and then show him the skull ring. Uh, not him, not Kit, but like his the first phantom. forefathers. Yeah. Also, was the first one a little boy in a purple suit, or did they have to like raise him up? I, I I was wondering that. Like, at what point do they become the Phantom? Because these kids have to grow up sometime, and so <laughs> That's like hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> unless they're like one Phantom is is a child, and like the other people, the people Dude. who believe in the Phantom Lord don't catch on to that. Maybe maybe when he's a kid, he has to like be in a trench coat on top of on top of another kid's shoulders, on top of a rope person. <laughs> Salami day. <laughs> Come be my lower half, rope person. Yeah, Kaliba. Um, <laughs> no Kaliba, please. That's maybe, right, no may- Kaliba. Maybe Kaliba <laughs> is what they call it when two children dress up like the Phantom. And he's saying, hey, while I'm gone, don't like, do- don't, they'll kill you. Don't do it. <laughs> um, okay, fine, fine, fine. But so do you, like, I'm genuinely asking, and I know that we could probably look into the comic strip that is still running, by the way. Is it really? I it didn't know that. It is continuously cool. running for almost 100 years. Wow. Um, but what if, what has the Phantom ever been doing? Like, what is their task? Because they don't make that clear. Is he the protector of the jungle? I think, he, I think he's the protector of, like, mystic relics. But he doesn't even... He's doing a terrible job. They... But that's what he does in this movie. It, yeah, he, he's yeah, not great he at it, but he does that, it. He only is doing that, like, in re like in response yeah. to he's the latest doing. phantom he's not the best and i think he doesn't even get up to protect the relic i've oh, i really wish that you had watched from the beginning today because the phantom's first line he like pops up out of like his like sleep sarcophagus uh, and <laughs> he sleeps he sleeps in a coffin and i don't think it's a coffin but it's like a little like it's like a bathtub um, okay. but he pops up in his purple suit. Okay. And devil is in a dark room mm, with devil, him. Devil. And he, he pops up, looks at devil and is like, someone's in danger or something like that. <laughs> and then he's like off to go save Zach. Okay. And yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, but I don't think he's going to save the crystal or not the crystals. Um, I don't think he's going to save the Tuganda skull. I he's, think. but he's stopping. Uh, he in the movie, his task is to stop Xander from creating the unity. But who tells him that? Like, I think he's more of a detective. Like, he's just like, oh, right. I like, you know, just because like this is what the bad guys are doing, okay. I have to stop it. Okay. But I don't think that it's motivated that way. Well, what's your popcorn here, though? Well, the question was, what what do they do? Like, <laughs> okay, what have they been doing for five hundred years? I don't know, but the uh, he mentioned specifically that his father was the twenty fourth Phantom, and in the movie when he returns the belt buckle that Quill stole, he clearly puts it in the number twenty tomb, because in the uh, in the Phantom Lair, the Phantom mm-hmm. Zone, if you will. Um, I guess there's like a mausoleum in there mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the remains of the other phantoms. And yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the crypts at Winterfell. They have crypts there? Oh, yeah. 
And Bloods. And Bloods. That's amazing. It's a very dangerous town. Yeah, it sounds like it. You get caught up in that east-west. Uh, and there's one that just has two giant X's on it. And if I know my Roman numerals, which I do, mm. that's 20. That's not 24. And it's uh, in the same scene when he says, I'm the 25th Phantom. My father was 24th. Some people think that we're immortal. We're not. Just bunch of white dudes. Uh, no, I think um, it's a sign that like he was a really big fan of the Mexican beer, Dos Equis. <laughs> yeah, each um, phantom when they die, they put their favorite brand of beer yeah. on there. <laughs> I didn't see the others. The other was yeah, Tecate. Yeah, they had a Modelo. <laughs> Pacifico. <laughs> okay. Um, Alright, I have a popcorn. So you, you have no idea? That's it? Yeah, I think... He protects the people in the jungle. He they kidnapped against... a little boy before he got there. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. No, he's not good at it. And it <laughs> seems like he doesn't does. even really work with the rope people, who no. are the ones who gave him the phantom powers. It, he works for the other white man, which yeah, is my next popcorn. If we Gordon. don't go to that, by the way, so I'll let you go. But I got to come back to that guy. Uh, mine is a quick one, but it, it'll spark interest for you. You remember when the phantom rides guns down an elevator shaft? <laughs> Uh, yes, he, on the cable. Yeah, he crosses his guns and grips the uh, cables, and he rides down an elevator shaft. He rides guns down an elevator shaft. That was amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, this is movie was a lot like Highlander too. Yeah, there was an elevator shaft scene in that too. Um, so the guy who busts him out for using the Black Pearl pickup line. Um, okay. He's like a white man who's running some sort of like settlement in Bengali or whatever. Bengala. Bengala. Um, Bengala Gala Bill, y'all. And when we first meet him, that guy's like walking around talking to a bunch of other white people at night. He goes into one of those really cool like Jungle Cruise style like huts with like a vinyl record player yeah. and all the doors the phonograph yeah. all the doors are like wide open and all the windows oh yeah there's a globe and yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and like papers scattered about yeah um and, compass. and it's really cool looking yeah but um this dude walks in there and he's wearing like a khaki shirt with like a like a darker khaki pants uh-huh and um the Phantom is, it's supposed to be like a cool shot, but they only shot this set from one angle, so it doesn't really work. But like, he's already like sitting in a chair in the room waiting for him. And the guy's like, whoa, like, why can't you just use the front door like a normal person? And the Phantom says, oh, it's just too fun going through the window. Right. <laughs> um, and then uh, after they have this discussion about like, oh, like, you know, this girl's coming here to, um, track down the skulls and whatever and he finds out that it's diana and he's like oh i'm in love with her the dude says something funny to him he's like okay like i'll leave i'll go out the front door this time and he says no you should come out you should go out the way you came in i have enough trouble trying to pretend you're not real as it is it's like why do you need to pretend he's not real like isn't his whole purpose supposed to be like that people believe that, like, the, the legend the ghost of him to, yeah, scares people the ghost away. Walks. Yeah. And also the natives know that he's real. So are you just lying to the other white people that he's not real? And isn't that creating more of a problem? 
Like, what is the point of that? Like, they didn't really put thought into it. They thought it would just sound like yeah, believable background for their situation. Yeah. But I don't get who that guy is. I don't get what I don't his get job who he is, is either. I don't, I don't even I don't understand how there. they know each other. Yeah, it it's like And what what do they do together? What position of authority does he have on the island? It's like is he a mayor? Is he does does he tell the phantom what to do? Yeah. No. He doesn't let them tell him what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll wine him and dine him. <laughs> Uh yeah no that's weird. I think that's it for for my uh, popcorns. You, should we do quotes? Yeah sure. Is, we got Yahtzee. We do. We have weekly watch wheel Yahtzee. Nice. Yay. Uh, my poor wife. I know she's really sick. I think it's my fault. It I'm is sorry. your fault. Sorry. I'm I'm a little outbreak monkey over here. Um, I I didn't say that. <laughs> I I've got a quote that we didn't say earlier. Uh, Nobody argues with the phantom and wins. Apparently, that's an old jungle saying. <laughs> I think he says like there's an old saying here in the jungle. It is nobody argues with the phantom and wins. That was a good one. Uh, I don't know who says this, but I have this in mind. I have this written in my notes. Best quote. I love this. I don't know who says that though, so maybe it's not. Oh, uh, Drax definitely says that. What about? Who knows? But he uh, loves it all. I have another Drax he loved quote. He the pirate stuff. Yeah. It could have been around then. Uh, no, this is earlier on in the movie. Uh, here's another quote. Uh, My name is Xander Drax. What? <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> the, it, I think oh, that, yeah. I think um, Kobai Sanger or whatever yeah, he, says he, what? <laughs> that is like a totally appropriate response to that name. It's a beautiful My name way is to Xander shut that Drax. Down. What? <laughs> That's really good. Uh, there's a part where Xander says, show me the power. Show me the power. These are pretty much mostly just Drax quotes. Okay, so this one is Kobai saying, he says, I can kill you. And feed your pretty pink, expletive deleted, to the sharks. He says that to two Drax. And I thought that was pretty funny. That's good, yeah. Um, I really liked that the name of the plane that Diane took to Bengala mm-hmm. was, it said on the plane, the Orient Clipper. Wow. But when when she's in the air... And she gets stopped by, I don't know how they never. They, I wish they would have shown that, but somehow, Catherine Zeta-Jones and friends got them to land the plane on the water, on the water, yeah. and then went on like boarded it and like were they took her away. Um, but when that happens, they cut to the Phantom, and he's found out from like listening to the radio or something. He's like, "Oh, the Pan Am Clipper has been taken captive." So he calls it the Pan Am Clipper instead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember he says that. And then later on, someone else just refers to it as the Clipper. So it's referred to by name twice. And neither one uses Orient Clipper, which they make a point of showing multiple times on the side of the plane. Whoa. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I wonder if they thought... Like, I wonder if it's like a political thing or if it's uh, if it's just forgetting what they wrote. <laughs> yeah, but it was interesting. One of the, One or the other. Any, any other quotes that we didn't that we didn't mention that you got in your notes? 
Uh, not really. Okay. I don't have any. You don't have any. Mm-mm. Well, uh, what are you? What's he, your guys' favorite quote from the movie? I mean, mine is definitely still "Ha! What a cheap jungle trick!" <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Shanley, who somehow has refound consciousness. <laughs> what's your favorite quote? Um, the gem by Xander Drax. I, I have Mark's baby, Mark's stuck in my head. Mm. And it's I like the part so when Drax nice. says that. Um, what do you say? Oh, about them um, being not equal, but, you know, important to history. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I think my favorite is Diana's, what is wrong with you? Why are you so mean? Don't you care about anything? I think that that's my favorite line from the movie. Very good. Let's let's hop into our rankings. Let's let's, let's move move this baby along. Oh yeah, you're about to find your uh, your joy again, your spark in life. Yeah, maybe we're approaching it pretty quickly. I'm excited. I'm I'm pretty sick, so I don't know if it'll make me feel better. It will. I think it's going to do something for you. Okay. Well, uh, Jimmy, how do you want to do rankings? This is your movie. This is our fourteenth film. Yeah. So I'm cool with saying. Uh, what's above it, what's below it, and what its current number is. Okay, that sounds good. Does that sound good? Yeah. So for me, I'll go first. I put The Phantom right above Russell Madness. Wow. WrestleMania. And right below Steel. So I would rather watch Steel. This is the new number 11. Wow. It's pretty darn low. Yep. Is it is it Beneath Time Trap? Oh, yeah. You'd re- I mean, both movies spend most of their their screen time in, inside of a cave. Time Trap is number nine. Oh, okay. Time Trap number nine, Steel number 10, Phantom 11, 12, Wrestle Madness, 13, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, Boo, 14, Highlander 2, The Quick Thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that will ever no, that'll never be, be replaced. And if it is, I kind of think, just as a personal point of contention, I guess, I don't know if it's contention. It might be. If with me, it usually is. I think that if we ever try to dethrone the Highlander 2, The Quickening, as the universal worst film, yeah, we must rewatch the Highlander 2. Oh, jeez, that would suck. As a way, because we need to make sure. Because if we just watch something we don't like it, and it's been like two, three months since we watched Highlander 2, we might be wrong. No, I see. I think if there's ever a movie that's worse than Highlander two, it'll probably be good because it'll become funny. So Maybe. I think Highlander two is like the very, very, very dead center of a parabola, and once you get past that point, then it starts becoming good again. <laughs> it's I the agree. Uncanny Valley of yeah. films. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. But if it ever happens, if we ever like. This movie is so bad that it's not good. It's just bad, and it's worse than Highlander. <laughs> what a horrifying critique of of a piece of art that somebody worked on. <laughs> somebody worked really hard. This movie you made is so bad, it's not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I tried. Well, yeah, um, you didn't succeed because it is so bad that yeah. it's not good. We award you no points <laughs> and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> Simple wrong would have done, but all right. <laughs> all right. Shanley, you got rankings? Yeah. Um, I think for me, The Phantom... 
I think that's going to be my new number 12. Um, I think that is underneath Thong, thong, <laughs> thong, of, thong of the Thouth. Thouth. Um, it's a totally different movie. Dude, I would watch Thong of the Thouth. <laughs> so, uh, it takes place in a... Uh, it's like Training Day, but with an, an Atlanta stripper. <laughs> it's like her first day, and there's like an older stripper showing her the ropes, and she does PCP. It's really fun. Oh, okay. Keep that in mind. <laughs> It's still starring uh, was Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to say Ethan Kraft right now again. <laughs> Who's Ethan Kraft? He's um, the crush in uh, from Liz McGuire. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, Matt. You didn't remember <laughs> that? All I remembered is there was a Filipino in that show. Who? The girl? Yeah. Was Miranda? Is that, oh. her name? is that her name? Yeah. Tight. Nice. Okay. Sorry. Phantom number twelve, underneath Song of the South. And so Song of the South is number eleven. Eleven, wow. nice. And above Russell Madness, which falls at thirteen. Okay, wow. Yeah, you, you guys really are don't similar. like Russell Madness. I think gradually that's going to work its way up your list, Shabby. I agree. You've been talking about it quite a bit lately. <laughs> You're going to start missing it. I will. It's like the puppy that's too old for you to adopt but then you end up loving it anyway you lift it up to eye level and it pees in your face jimmy while you were out of town uh i was wrestling my children to the wrestlemaniac song it was hilarious um okay yeah that's good you ready for my shaba oh yeah let's hear it uh the phantom is number three Jeez, right man. beneath Batman and Robin, and it. Uh, nope, it hurts me so. But it's ab- right above Jaws: The Revenge. So that I feel like they're kind of tied, but I I put it in number three. I didn't have a whole lot to go back to my notes on with this because let me read you some excerpts from my notes unrestrained. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna love this. I'm upset. <laughs> I have. You're gonna get a stern talking to after this. I have in my notes. I'm so into this. The oh score is amazing. One of the best rope bridge sequences ever. Very reasonable level of musculature. Great stunts. Triple exclamation point on that wow. one. Uh, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this movie. I feel like this movie is made for a person like me. It's like, I'll, I will watch this movie in George of the Jungle any any day. Look, Matt. You didn't watch this movie. You faded in and out of consciousness to this movie. I watched and it And then today. on the second attempt, you started like an hour in. That's fair. So so you need to rewatch the full movie in one sitting while awake the whole time. And then tell me that this is number three on your list. All right. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. Since I've put it as number three on my list, I will rewatch it sometime soon. And I'll let you know if that affects where you're it's so located. stubborn that it won't you're just gonna no, say no i'll be really honest it's number it. two on my list now <laughs> that's not true it's even better no um no so what's spirit a, of what's vengeance this? might might fall you said this is better than jaws spirit of vengeance needs to go down <laughs> it's going down well again 
just to reiterate, this has nothing to do with the objective goodness of the movie, but yeah. your likelihood to watch it on a movie night. Yeah, and I don't I, think this movie had any redeeming qualities. It, it's at least very fast. Like, I guess if I... It, it was hard for me to push Jaws the Revenge down, but Jaws the Revenge was a pretty toiling movie to sit through at some parts. Like, the Christmas scene... <laughs> do you remember there's a Christmas scene in Jaws the Revenge? There's multiple <laughs> Christmas scenes in it, but... On Christmas, where they're sitting around and opening presents, and then, like, talking on the porch. There, there's the part where he dreams about nothing else, uh, other than making love to an angry welder or something like that. There's like oh some gosh, weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there's some weird stuff there that that take a while. Um, um, but art is grease in the wheel of life. Hell yeah. And the Phantom. Uh I, I enjoyed it. It's okay. It's the kind of movie that's made for a guy like me. I think this is it was perfect for for me. I that's so sad. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life, dude. I don't want to be the kind of person that is the Phantom was made for. You don't have to cuz I am. Thank God. All right. Well, is there anything else that we have to touch on with with this movie? I think we covered it. You know what time it is? Spin that wheel. Woo! Listen to an ad, and then Matt's going to hit the sound effect. <laughs> it's time to spin that wheel. Do you know whose turn it is to spin? It's Matt's Everybody's turn. favorite, Matt. Okay. Do you guys have any hopes and dreams? Um, I don't trust you to handle Thomas and Taylor's choice. So I don't want that. Okay. And I really want that. Uh, so I hope that's not it. I hope you get... Mm, oh, no. I'm so scared, Matt. I feel like I don't like your choices. Really? Didn't um, we come... Steel fig- was terrible. But I think we determined that my movies rank the highest on average. On average, perhaps. But I didn't care for Steel. I didn't care for the Batman. The Batman, or Batman and Robin was technically Shanley's choice. Um, yeah, but you wrote it down. Okay. And that one's not a, really a choice. Like, Shanley didn't choose that. She drew your answer from inside of the jar. Darn right she did. Um, yeah, I did. Primal was pretty high up on the list. So you got that one. Jaws 4, Ford v. Ferrari. So, yeah, I mean, you got a bunch that were pretty high up, but okay. still, I just I don't trust you. All right. Shanley, do you have any hopes for categories for me to spin today? I want another new category. Yeah, me too. Keep that excitement going. Yeah, me too. I think I want to go to uh, a Razzie winner. Mm. That would be good. Or Adam Sandler filmography. All right. Are you guys ready for this? Is it just Adam Sandler filmography? No modifier? No, it's just that. I feel like it should be one that at least the spinner hasn't seen. Because I think there's Adam Sandler movies that we've all not seen. Okay. I'll keep that in mind if and when I spin it. Ready? Strong spin from a strong man. That was a pretty weak spin. Uh, We... Read it out. It's bad sequel. Um, I think, I think that's fair because, uh, the last time we had bad sequels when it was your turn, Jimmy. 
and uh, yesterday was your turn. I thought so. we said there had to be four spins in between Is that occurrences. So, so okay, so then... So, so there was Shanley. bad sequel, then there was one, two, three. So this is the fourth spin. Oh, yeah, we said it had to be on the fifth. Okay, so I got to respin. I think so. You don't want this one anyways, right? I don't, no. So, but, I, Shanley, but I don't want do to break agree? the rules. Shanley? What? How do we handle spin repetitions? I, I still stand by the four weeks out. Okay. Wait, is it the fourth week or is it four weeks in between? So four like, weeks in between. Okay, so the fifth time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's try again. Oh, you sons of beezies. You ready? Yep. Strictly Matt. What? <laughs> wow. Oh, I've been thinking of Strictly Matt this entire That's time. That's insane, And dude. I genuinely haven't been able to place things on Strictly Matt. So I'm going to go with things, uh, movies that I've seen that are that are important to me, but I'm embarrassed of. So that that's kind of my go. I mean, whatever, you know, you can change that if you think of a movie you want to watch. Yeah. All that matters is that you have to pick a Matt, a Matt movie. Yeah. P- pick one of your favorites, like a Wes Anderson. And Wes Anderson is not one of my favorites. You love him. I like some of his stuff. I, I would even say I love one or two of the movies, but I don't love his like him in general. You love his whole thing. Strictly Matt. Oh, man, I'm so this excited. This is crazy. So... I got my parents. Shanley kind of got her parents. You got your parents. Shanley got strictly Shanley. Woo. So, like, none of us have spun. Each there's others, there's yeah. six categories that reference one of us specifically. Yeah. And no one has spun anyone else's name. Yeah, exactly. That is crazy. Oh, I'm so excited for this, you guys. That is like, we're defying odds right now. I'm excited. I'm really excited for you to just take the reins with us and see, like, what is a complete Matt choice look like? Don't let us down, Matt. You got to think, this is is how you're not only introducing us to something about you that we didn't know, but you're introducing yourself to our audience. Mm. This is going to be what they say, okay, wow. Like Matt has been restrained so far. I certainly we've, have not. We've been. had to see. <laughs> we've had to see Matt operate within the confines of the wheel. But this is your moment to say nay. This is who I am as a film selector. All right. I will make like a horse and say nay. I I keep kicking the closet. It's really going to come through in the recording. It's because I'm laying down on the floor. Uh, I'm so excited. We've not gotten this before, obviously. And uh, this is going to be an exciting week. You could pick anything. I could. Wow. I think I have one movie in mind. I grew up with three brothers in a weird family. And there's a lot of weird movies I grew up with that nobody's ever heard of. So um, I'm going to do that. the movie that I choose, my nominees will be a combination of movies that I that are important to me, that I'm embarrassed of, and also movies that I've wanted to see, but uh, never gotten the opportunity. Sort of like yours, Shanley, with Brokeback Mountain. 
Um, it, it'll be the movie equivalent of great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Um, wow. So if you can imagine that. That's a great sales pitch. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, you know, I, I can't say I'm excited. Why but, not? Uh, because, Matt, I was literally, literally just moments away from expressing how disappointed I've been in your movie selections thus far. Uh-huh. And I'm not optimistic that you're going to turn it around here. I'm anticipating that I will not feel the same way about our friendship a week from this moment. But I hope so. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our podcast. And we'll see you next week on Movie Night right here at the Weekly Watch Wheel where we'll, we'll watch, watch a, a Strictly Mad movie. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. Shanley woke up. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Weekly Watch Wheel. If you had as good a time as we did, be sure to subscribe. Tell a friend about us. Maybe even leave us a review. Hit us up on Twitter at WKLYWatchWheel or via email at WeeklyWatchWheel at gmail.com. Peace! It's the Weekly Watch Wheel. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode of the Weekly Watch Wheel. We'll see you next week on Movie Night right Where here. Wheel. Wait. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. Okay. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Are you going to try to cut that part from the podcast? Yeah. I. That's fair. <laughs> Number four. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. Leave it in. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the, the post credits. That's, that's, <laughs> that's hilarious because it's very fitting in my life right now. Fitting? <laughs>